Welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on May the 1st, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the soul I sacrificed for an infinity stone. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I'm caffeine rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played this week. 15 people were, or 15 arrests were made in connection to PUBG cheaters. Call of War as Gunslingers officially returns to Steam. AMD reports they don't see a significant risk of secondhand GPUs appearing as crypto demands seem to wane. The Steam Spy creator develops a new algorithm to keep the service alive. EA, Activision, Blizzard, and Valve are found in breach of Belgian gambling laws. Battle Royale is already saturated, according to the State of Decay 2 devs. Harry Potter, Hogwarts Mystery forces you to pay or wait to save a kid from being strangled to death. Total Biscuit announces his retirement due to continuing health issues. We'll have our weekly community corner and our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following the respective topics. I promise. <laughs> Unless, did you put him in last week, Rage? Or did no, you just let it be? I, I, I just let it be because by the time I caught that you didn't put him in, it was already too late for me to even go into the show and start looking for the show for the timestamps. Sweet. Because it was just way too late. Uh, uh, it was, it's was. it been a kind of a crazy last couple of weeks for my sleep schedule, so I've been doing show notes a lot later than usual. Right. And a couple of times I've just, uh, immediately after I've done it, I immediately posted the show, so the show goes out, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier than usual. Yeah. Uh, sometimes up to an hour or two, but yeah. Uh. By the time I caught it, it's thought, oh, this is bad. Well, yeah, I well, see, bad. Well, I, well, I see you online. I'll, I'll, I'll go bunk you over the head, hope that you still have your editing notes. And then you're away. Because you turned on your computer and walked away. When did you do that? Well, I was said... It thir- I, it, it Thursday was, or was it Friday? It was Friday. I said hello and you didn't respond and you immediately went to away status. So either you were playing Turtle to uh, play more Battletech, or you turned on your computer and walked away. I'm leaning towards the second because I didn't see you go onto a uh, you know, into a game. Yeah, no, it was Friday was the one day in the last seven days that I didn't like max Battletech time, but that was because I had to. I actually had to do things on Friday, so I probably left my computer on from Thursday night and just like forgot. No, to turn no, it off. I saw you go online. You were offline before. Oh, then I don't know why I turned my computer on and then just left it. Oh, you know what? I know what I was doing. I've been, so my mom recently got, uh, or well, my parents recently got a 4k TV mm-hmm. and a 4k Blu-ray player. And so they were like, Hey, do you want all of these DVDs that we have all of our old DVDs and normal non 4k Blu-rays? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. And what I've been doing is ripping all of them to my digital collection and putting them in a box. And then I'm going to take the box to McKay's, which I think I've mentioned before. It's like a local book, well, media store that takes um, secondhand stuff and gives you either store credit or cash for them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take them all to McKay's when I'm done. And my my computer is the only one that has a Blu-ray drive 
So that's the only one that I can rip the Blu-rays from. And I spent... Well, I'm only like halfway done. I must have ripped 150 movies at this point. My parents had a huge collection of movies, apparently. But yeah, I ripped all the Blu-rays from my computer. And I did that Friday because I couldn't be playing Battletech. So I turned my computer on and I was ripping movies. And I must have just not seen your message. Yeah, I, I tried because it was already too late for me to uh, even attempt it. I, I figure it was probably best to get the show out on time without the show no- or without the proper timestamps than to uh, go in and uh, delay it for a while. Yeah. And also, I don't like editing the show notes after the show's already gone live because it could cause issues. Right. Well... It'll be all right this one time. Yeah, just don't make a habit of it. Out of like 100 and... This will be episode 110. Out of 110 episodes, I've made show note mistakes three or four times? Yeah, under half a dozen. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty proud of that. I'm, I'm going to give myself just like 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 a half pat on the back. Like Yeah, not enough to burn. You mostly of did it. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was funny, you know, the the week after you're so excited, uh, you're so quick, you don't even do the proper show notes. <laughs> Man, I I have played Battletech a lot this week. Yeah, I've, I was no lifed. I have, well, this week, like, it picked a really good week to come out, because my birthday was yesterday, as of, you know, we're recording today on the 1st. My birthday was yesterday, April 30th. And, like, this weekend... Um, my, my like big birthday present from Katie was that I didn't have to be a dad on Saturday. She watched King all day. Like they went to the aquarium and did a bunch of stuff. And so she was like, you don't have to do anything on Saturday. So I played Battletech for like 18 hours on Saturday. Um, and then Sunday we went and had dinner with my parents. Um, and we went and saw Avengers Infinity War. But like the rest of the time on Sunday, I was playing Battletech and then Monday, um, the kids stayed at my parents' house Sunday or Sunday night and Monday night. So Monday there was no kid. And like Katie and I did a bunch of stuff yesterday, but I still got to play Battletech for like six or seven hours yesterday. No wonder you're ahead of me on the story. And then like I didn't like Wednesday night I, or Wednesday because I only got to play Battletech for a few hours on Thursday. Uh, if you're playing the drinking game, by the way, every time he says Battletech, take a drink. But so so Wednesday I played Battletech. As much as I could during the day while my kid was at uh, music class. And then that night, up until Star Wars RPG, uh, I played Battletech. So, and then Thursday, I, like, canceled everything I had during the day. Because my kid was at daycare and Katie's gone on Thursdays to uh, volunteer at that... uh, Where she volunteers, my brain just suddenly died. But so, like... Yeah, at the ranch. So I canceled everything that day and uh, just played Battletech all morning. So all in all, I've played Battletech for like 55 hours this last week. I've also not slept a lot. So, yeah. I may have a bit of a problem. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I, this was a bad idea. I tend to go hard on games that I like. Like if I like, like, like if I like. If I like a game a lot, it will become, like, the only game I'm playing. But I typically only play games, I don't know, 20 or 25 hours a week. Which, I mean, that does could sound like a lot to a lot of people. But, like, this is my primary hobby. So, 
you know, I'm not doing other things if I'm not spending time with my family. I mean, it's the equivalent of uh, watching. Yeah, well, depending on the type of movie, yeah, somewhere between ten and twelve movies. Yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, that's still a lot, but it's like. It, it's an average of five hours a day, which I don't sleep a lot anyways. I'm either blessed or cursed with the ability to function like a normal human being on about five hours of sleep. Yeah, I see. I'm at, I'm a seven-hour person. So, so, I mean, I'm up regularly until one or two every morning um, before I go to bed, and then I get up at seven or eight. Wait, wait, that's strange? Well, you know, normal people go to bed by, like, midnight usually. But so I've got a few extra hours every day where I'm in here by myself playing video games. And but yeah, this week, this week I've gotten even less sleep than normal, and I managed to get a couple of days where I didn't have to be an adult. <laughs> I didn't have to do adulting for a couple of days, so I was like, I'm just gonna play BattleTech. But I mean, like today, like things are returning to normal. Like today, um, I played BattleTech or I played video games for about two hours today total. <laughs> I, I love that now. BattleTech is uh, video games to you. BattleTech is. There, there are no video games. There's no rest. There is no sleep. There is only Battletech. There was a reason why I asked if you were playing uh, something for the podcast. <laughs> if you played something that you could talk about. Which I did. I played one other game for the podcast. And it's a game I've played before, so I won't be talking about it very much. <laughs> but the thing that I am going to talk about and is uh, Avengers Infinity War. Because I have to share my emotions with people. And uh, the major spoilers, but... As soon as I finish this sentence where I say I'm going to put it after the credits, we'll just skip ahead to where we start talking about games. And that's going to happen now. All right. New hard edit. Games we played. Games you played, Rage. What games did you play this week? Well, unlike you, my uh, channel uh, continued to operate normally. So I played three games. And the first one is actually a very interesting one. And I don't use that as the backhanded compliment. Muffled Warfare. You are a blind character who sees through echolocation, and this is a first-person shooter. Okay. Uh, uh, I would say arena shooter would be the proper uh, definition of this, and this is not going to be a very popular game just because of how odd it is. Uh, The uh, trailer for this uh, shows pretty much exactly how this works. As you move and as uh, you shoot, uh, you... Uh, create sound waves and it allows you to see the level around you but if you just stand still you know everything just kind of fades away but also all the enemies do the same they are blind and see through uh, echolocation so as they're moving around and as they're shooting you could see them off of the distance slowly coming into existence as uh, you're able to essentially home in on them it's a very very interesting game Granted, it's not very popular, so it's multiplayer focused, at least for now. I'm not sure if they're planning on doing a single uh, player campaign on this. The bots are fucking brutal, I might add. <laughs> That's why I didn't do a Sunday sampler on it. But, uh, it's, like I said, it's an interesting title. Uh, this company's done a game similar to this for PlayStation VR, where you essentially whistled or hummed and it created the world around you in the same idea. You know, line art, uh, be able to pick out details and more, uh, be able to pick out better details as they get closer just because you're able to echolocate a little bit better. Just incredibly fascinating. I, I would say this would probably be a, an amazing lane game. 
I just didn't uh, play it that much because, you know, uh, there was only the bots and the bots are just brutal because, you know, they have really good aim and they're, I don't think they're cheating because they're all running around and they're, so they're being very loud. But there is an element of stealth that you could use to, uh, in this because you could just kind of stand back in the corner and watch things go around you. <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it does sound like an interesting gameplay mechanic. I don't know if I've, I mean, I've seen the echolocation thing be done before. Yeah, yeah I've seen it a few times, but yeah. It, but not in a first person shooter. Yeah. Yeah, and just because all the guns are loud, you know, it, that first, like, volley of uh, uh, gunfire, and uh, I don't think anything is really hit scan. They're all projectiles, they just move very quickly. So. Uh, having the echo location not just where you are as you're shooting but if you hit something it reflects that and you get the little bit of sight there as well uh, this would be like I said amazing land game get a bunch of people that don't know what the hell they're doing and play together <laughs> yeah and it does have a a bunch of cosmetic unlocks but uh, the way the system works is every time you die you have a death bonus which you're able to choose between one or another, usually uh, ammo for a particular type of gun, which uh, gives you that gun. And there's uh, a few interesting ones. There's smoke, uh, 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 there's smoke grenades, which uh, essentially just muffle the sound. Uh, I realize, yeah, smoke grenade is more visual, so I'm assuming that they're you know, some sort of oddball smoke to have it work like that. Or, yeah, mess with the echolocation. Or uh, there's the well, decoy gun, which, uh, you know, creates a decoy. I'm not sure if it's making sound or not. I never got to use it. But you were saying? Yeah. I was going to say, in real life, um, fog and really thick smoke blocks high-pitched um, sound waves. Higher-pitched sound waves. So only uh, true. bassier tones come through. So uh, Yeah, but, yeah, but gunfire. going for. Gunfire would be more bassy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Gunfire also is ex- loud enough that it would might be dampened by smoke, but um, you could definitely still hear it. Yeah. Maybe that's uh, what they're going for because, well, also, remember any sound wave that goes through the fog has to go through it, bounce, and then come back. So maybe that's yeah. how they're playing it. But, you know, like I said, very, very interesting game. Uh, and it's uh, under the ten dollar range, so you know it's in uh, your impulse buy range. I'd like to see them do more with it. I'd love to see some sort of single player campaign, especially since releasing a multiplayer only title is kind of a losing proposition on Steam. Yeah, more often. Than oh, uh, well, on uh, well for indie, and hell, even uh, you know the upper end of indie, it's very tough. But yeah. And you can change the color, by the way. I love uh, uh, features, colors, like four of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Muffled Warfare. You know, like I said, very, very strange, interesting. Uh, echo Muffled Warfare, echolocation shooter is what they call it. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. So next up uh, was actually a game I was expecting you to play since I know you got review code for it. Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, Train Valley 2. This is a 
puzzle game, sort of, where you're laying down track and trying to essentially uh, unlock the uh, level. Because I have to say that the puzzle element is more trying to do it under the time limit than anything else. Because you can just sit there and kind of goof around. I never got to play the original Train Valley, so I'm not sure if that's the case in the original. No, the the original was much more. I mean, it the puzzle thing was it. Like that was the yeah, whole deal. Yeah, like, this you had to get yeah, stuff from is, point A to point B in the time limit without crashing it into other trains on the track. Yeah, this seems and, a lot more casual, uh, where you can just kind of sit back and relax. And if you don't get the uh, all the stars, oh well. Uh, where you uh, upgrade trains, you buy more trains, you send uh, uh, out trains. I have to say that I'm not a huge fan of the track mechanic. It's, uh, uh, well, not the track, uh, yeah, track mechanic on a train game, yeah. Um, uh, with how they have it lay down the track because it seems to want to snap to particular angles. And sometimes that's not exactly ideal because of how the uh, level's laid out because if there's a incline, you can't really create a turn on it. And because of how the camera is, it's a little difficult to be able to tell sometimes if there's an incline if you're outside of the building mode. There's essentially three modes where you're, uh, well, actually two modes where you're building and then you're just sending out trains and uh, working the individual switches because all the switches are manual, of course. But overall, like I said, it's more of a casual puzzler than anything else. Uh, Went through a Fair number of levels on it, even though I didn't. Oh, I played it for a couple of hours, uh, where it was uh, in order to really be able to try to three star it because you know that's how puzzle games are now. It's all three stars, right? Yep. Fucking mobile, uh, which we'll get to that. Uh, in order to do that properly, you're going to have to play the level a couple of times because they do throw a curveball in a few times uh, on like the second or third level. There's this entire section of the level that's not even used at first. It's like, what the hell is this for? And they don't even tell you what you need for it. So you can't even set up track ahead of time, which is a little irritating because in order to uh, trying to remember exactly what it is, it was, Send workers to the uh, grist mill to be able to uh, make gr- uh, uh, grain, or to the farm to make grain. And there was, I can't remember what the other one was, but then you had to get workers from both those, and uh, well, I should say the product from both those stations to the to the farm on the opposite side of the map that wasn't even used yet in order to get cattle to bring it back to town, but it doesn't tell you exactly what you need over there, so you're either wasting a lot of money, which also negates your stars, because you don't... uh, If you spend too much or buy too much, uh, it slows you down, but it also takes away an achievement for that level, which counts against the... Well, technically, it's a five-star rating, because it's three stars for time, then one star for usually not crashing, or some other uh, uh, small achievement, and then uh, one star for not spending too much. So, you know, you're having to play the levels a couple times if you want to, you know, get perfect, but this game doesn't really seem to mind if you don't get all the stars. Not sure if later on, if it unlocks based on the number of stars total, which if it does, that's a dick move. But I always consider that a dick move. 
which I know you, how you love your dick moves. But yeah, it just seems a lot more casual than what a lot of people were saying the original Train Valley was. Which isn't a bad thing, but yeah, it's if you're looking for the original Train Valley, this may not be it. And maybe it's just uh, where... The, I'm not too hy uh, hyped on this one, maybe just because of that track mechanic where it was uh, wanting to snap to oddball positions just because of the camera. I don't know. This one's a weird one for me. And that's why I didn't really spend much time with it. Uh, any questions? Since I know you're interested in this. I don't think so. It sounds like they've really... Streamlined turned it. Turned down. Streamlined, simplified. Yeah. Grand, I never really played the first one, but uh, I will say that there are several significant negative reviews on this one talking about the simplification. So, yeah. Uh, so, the last one I played, which was actually my Sunday sampler, Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King. Elevator pitch for this one. The Legend okay. of Zelda, Link to the Past, plus The Princess Bride. Okay. That's an interesting... Combination? Combination. Okay, yeah. so, uh, this game, I actually really, really like this one. I do have my problems with it, because I'm um, me. But they have an interesting way of handling the story overall. The opening narration is a grandfather telling a story to his grandchildren. And he starts off talking about an elf boy in the land of... And the children cut him off. You already told us that story. Tell us another one. <laughs> Yo, they show their inspiration right off the bat. Yo, elf boy. Elf boy? Elf boy so in the elf boy. Elf boy in the land of, and they start to say Hyrule. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, it, it gets more than that, but uh, this is obviously, uh, yeah, a inspired by Link to the Past in most of its aspects. I mean, just down from the UI to how the camera mostly behaves. But that's not a bad thing, because Link to the Past is considered one of the best games of all time. Yeah, one of the best Zelda games. I would say it's up there for most people's lists. I need to go back and play it at some point all the way through. But there are some interesting things that they do with the narration that um, makes me think uh, a lot of Princess Bride as well. At certain points... Uh, the narration cuts in, you know, the grandfather talking to his grandchildren. And, uh, you know, they make comments on story trips. For example, uh, the overall story is you play Lily in the, in the kingdom of Blossom. And the uh, king's brother, if I recall correctly, puts the king in an enchanted sleep so he could overthrow the kingdom. Yeah, like you do. Right, of course, did, like I do. And he... Well, of course, like you do. But he also needs time to raise his dark army because obviously you don't have your army assembled beforehand, right? Absolutely. Uh, because he was too busy playing Battletech. <laughs> so he uh, runs off to uh, go assemble his army and you are tasked or you're not really tasked. You kind of sneak off yourself to go do this to get to get three items to create a potion to wake the sleeping king. Hence the name of the game. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Uh, quick drink of water. 
Uh, but once you get the first item, you come back and you give it to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, King's Alchemist or whoever it was. <coughs> and, uh, they say, thank you, uh, the next item is here, blah, 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 blah. And the, and the narration cuts in, and the children are saying, wait, that's it? They're not gonna throw our party or anything? Just a, uh, uh, yeah, uh, well done, uh, now here's your next task. He said, and the other, uh, grandchild says, yeah, I know, they should have a big party with a giant cake. And then the grandfather comes in, yeah, with uh, a sugar-free cake for us old people as well. <laughs> but though, uh, uh, Lily has other things to do. She can't. She doesn't have time for a party right now. She has a, a, a quest to complete. Yeah, things like that. That makes me think a lot of the Princess Bride. Yeah, I need to watch the Princess Bride again. I've never read the book either. I just yeah, well, a yeah, the book is non sequitur. Yeah, the book is very different. Yeah, I've I've heard. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a. Uh, and there's also other things like at certain points in the game, it's completely cosmetic as far as I can tell, but you'll uh, come up to a mini boss fight, uh, usually outside the dungeon or on the way to the dungeon. And the children start fighting uh, over what uh, Lily is actually fighting. So in the video, I actually had it where they were f- uh, fighting over the fact that was uh, Lily fighting a, uh, a, pirate queen or a ninja and well, train so we'll stop here for a moment uh but okay so the children are fighting whether they're uh, yeah uh, lily she's not a princess she's just a knight if she's fighting a pirate queen or a ninja and then it comes up with a prompt for you to choose which you're fighting <laughs> as far as i could tell completely cosmetic but it's a nice little touch you know Right. I thought it was amusing. Uh, some of my criticisms of the game. Uh, uh, they use the Link to the Past system for the camera, but then they put Lily in some very, very, very large rooms where your camera is not able to see the entire room. And typically, that's not that bad, but then occasionally you hit a puzzle element that requires you to look around and explore the room a lot more than you really would have to in A Link to the Past. They didn't really use the limitation of the camera. Uh, well, they they I think they forgot about the limitation of the camera with some of the puzzle design. Granted, they do throw a lot of variety in the puzzles. There's uh, timing puzzles where you have to avoiding uh, spike balls. There's block, uh, slide block puzzles. There's I'm not sure what the name of it is, but you have to essentially draw a line to fill in all the uh, missing blocks without picking up the pen. You know that type of puzzle. Yeah, uh, there's one. Uh, there's several of those. Uh, there's a um, you know cryptogram puzzle that you uh, encounter fairly quickly. There's uh, lighting torches with the bow, and this is all within the first few hours. The game's only about 15 hours long, though, which is actually about the length of uh, length of the past, but it doesn't have as many dungeons. It has a little bit more filler with uh, side quests, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, some of them are just simple fetch quests. Some of them are more involved, but eh. But overall, yeah, uh, my gripes with this game just seem minor in comparison. Actually, like I said, really liked it. 
Uh, 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 go ahead. I was gonna. It looks interesting and neat, and I love the idea of marrying um, Princess Bride to a Zelda-style game. Too bad I just don't really like this type of game. Yeah, I will say that art-wise, uh, they spent a lot more time on the boss design than the overworld. Because if you compare, like, the boss that you see in these screenshots, you know, and how detailed it is compared to some of the overworld shots, which are very samey and uh, very, feel very co- uh, copy and paste, uh, there's a definite focus on the boss uh, aspect. I mean, it's not an ugly game by any stretch of the imagination, but I would say it's decent, you know? Yeah. And the same really goes for music. Uh, overworld, it's all right. Dungeon music, a lot of long tones, a lot of bassy tones. But uh, boss uh, fights are a lot more intense and have a lot better music, in my opinion. Other oddball criticism is, well, for one, they only use three of the four face buttons, which is just weird. You have a dedicated sword button, so you're never considered defenseless. But then you're able to swap out the two other items that you're using. Which, you know, it's just weird that they use three of the four instead of all four. Usually it's either two or four. But the reason why this feels odd is also that there's no item counters. Alright, so pretty much every Legend of Zelda I've ever played, you have to worry about your uh, ammo count, you had to worry about your bomb count, that sort of thing. Yeah. And this this is all tied to your magic meter, which is a link to the past style of magic meter where you use it and then it slowly refills. Actually, I can't recall if it refills in link to the past, but yeah, you get what I mean. It's a link to the style style, a link to the past style um, of magic meter where you use it, it depletes, and uh, and all the non sword attacks deplete it to some degree. The blocking with the sword uh, treats it as a stamina meter. Uh, throwing a bomb uh, uses a portion of it. Shooting the bow uses a portion of it. And that could lead to some complications in boss fights where you don't run out of ammo, but you're not able to attack because you used all your magic, which is just an oddity. And also the boss fights tend to drag on, so maybe it's a good thing that you don't have an ammo count. Instead of, you know, the three or four hits that most of the bosses take in uh, these type of games, or yeah, maybe up to four or five. Uh, the golem encounter that you get to get in the screenshots, it took me a good ten shots to kill it. And there's... Whenever you hit it, the screen would flash uh, white. And I was thinking, yeah, okay, maybe I'm doing damage to it? Maybe? Uh, it's not a really good indicator. And then slowly it started changing colors from white to green, then green to yellow, and then green, uh, then yellow to red. So, uh, yeah, I was doing damage to it, but it just drug out. And, uh, yeah, it felt a little bit padding-ish. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, a fairly minor complaint, all things considered, but, you know, those two kind of uh, play into the 15-hour uh, uh, overall time frame of the game. <coughs> uh, it's just a, you know, but uh, you know, those are like my main criticism of it. You know, just the boss fights are uh, feel a little bit long. Uh, it handles uh, weapons a little bit strangely, a little bit odd on the uh, controls in general. Uh, the controls are also a little twitchy on uh, throwing bombs. 
not that bad, but it takes a little get a little getting used to. But overall, not a bad right. uh, game uh, to pick up. Uh, I would say it definitely on sale, but it's only fifteen bucks normally. Sweet. Yeah, like I said, I love the idea of this. I just don't like these types of games typically. Uh, is this something we're gonna are we, are we gonna have to do a link to the past for a game club? We could. I've played a link to the past before. It was all right. Uh, I mean, I, I recognize I it, that it's a really good game. Just I don't like this style of game. And yes, I have said that before, and we have played games that have changed my view on it. Perhaps it is time for me to revisit it, because it's been years since I've played a, a well, top-down well, game like this. Well, that's also you know part of the uh, reason of Game Club, is to occasionally push us out of our comfort zone. And then usually I want about it, especially with Skyrim. So I would be willing to try, but like, yeah, I haven't liked these types of games in the past. But a game besides Battletech that I do like that I played a little bit this week just so I could talk about something on the show <laughs> was No Man's well, Sky. Was it because I asked? <laughs> or did <Yeah>. you... <laughs> Legitimately, it was because you asked. Because I realized, wait a minute. I've, I haven't seen um, you play anything else. And then I realized... Oh no, you're no liking this. Yeah, so like I said, I played Battletech for like 59 hours this last week. Um, but you can't talk about worry. it yet. Don't worry, my life is is back on more normal track. Katie hasn't so, quite filed for a divorce yet. Like I said, it just so happened that its release lined up with the perfect week for me to know life a game. And it's, it's felt really good. I haven't done that with a game, a single game, in a very, very long time. Like, I mean, at least getting married and Yeah. Getting married and having a kid, like, obviously, your life changes and you can't just play games as much as you used to could. At and least this with week, that I attitude. played games like I used to did before I was married. And it was really nice. Uh, I want to stay married, so I'll go back to being a normal human. But... Wait, it go was, back? still nice. Yeah. Anyways, um, I usually listen to podcasts while I play video games. Like, that's one of the requirements for games that I really enjoy playing, unless it's a game specifically like an RPG that's very heavily story-based. I, uh, I listen to podcasts while I play games. And I have not been listening to podcasts very much while playing Battletech for reasons which I can't discuss because that'll get into game club discussion but uh beyond just the story stuff but uh i was like i want to listen to podcasts specifically a podcast uh relating to avengers infinity war because one of the podcasts that i listened to which i mentioned when we did our podcast recommendations uh excelsior uh had their infinity Wait, are you war allowed to say it like that excelsior okay much better, better? Anyways, they sorry, had I just their, remember uh, Stan Lee's uh, superhero uh, uh, reality show, which was actually one of the few reality shows I really liked. <laughs> Did you ever see that? No. Oh, uh, he had a. Uh, it was on Sci-Fi Channel back when Sci-Fi Channel was Sci-Fi Channel. He had a reality competition show where uh, a bunch of people made up superheroes and competed. And a lot of times it was some sort of uh, the compete uh, the competitions were uh, like a hidden agenda. Like uh, for one, it was uh, you know who could change into their superhero costume the fastest and get to a specific point. That was the false uh, 
uh, that was a false flag. The real uh, uh, test was there was a kid who was uh, crying and uh, yeah, looking around. And the point of the uh, competition was see who stopped to help the kid. Nice. It, it was a very interesting show. And like usually the first person or two uh, that was uh, eliminated, they were uh, there uh, taken out for a reason. And occasionally they were made, uh, you know, the bad guy, which was also hilarious. You know, it was a very scripted show, obviously. Right. But I've completely derailed you. Yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to play um, a game where I could chill out, listen to a podcast, do some stuff. So I played No Man's Sky. Uh, their next big update is not out yet. Um it's not even supposed to come out till later this year. Uh, it's just called Next. But there have been some patches and some bug fixes. Um, they've improved the transportation network system. Um, you could have up to five destinations saved into your transport or your transporter on your base. Um, but you could occasionally get a bug. Uh, actually, not occasionally. You could frequently get a bug where you would go to save a new place and it would copy over one of your old ones like an extra one whoops so like if you went to replace place number three for example place number or you know save location three and four would become the new location so you had to like have some tricks to go about like fixing all of that stuff like going oh to to be fair a teleporter technology is you know something that you want to have completely buggy right yeah, absolutely. They've made some more tweaks to the planetary flight mechanics. Um, in the last update, Atlas Rises, they made it where you could fly even closer to the ground. But now they've incorporated... I don't know if they've incorporated or copied like some of the better planet atmospheric flight mods. But you pretty much have 100% full control of your ship now. So it's much easier to ram things, as I discovered repeatedly. But that's all right because you can do like more canyon flying and stuff like that. Uh, can you bomb um, rats? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, they made some other tweaks to stuff, but I mean, in general, I just spent two or two and a half hours farming on the planet to get some credits, working towards my my uh, big freighter, so I can have multiple ships and and go mining. D- yeah been doing that um the in in like the normal game mode every so often your world will refresh uh and stuff will respawn like resources that normally don't respawn at least on your planet where your base is and i just happened to be there doing one of those points so like i mined out an entire like gold uh deposit took it sold it came back and i was like wait a second, I just mined that. And I looked up and they're like, oh, they changed the refresh rate so that your world refreshes faster to make it easier to mine resources. So is it up to 60 hertz? Your home planet. <laughs> it's at a, a glorious 144 hertz. So faster hertz. Fixed... Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they fixed most of those performance problems with the first big patch. Um, I, I I will say that No Man's Sky is an even better, well, not screenshot. It's an even better, like, I, I would say, like, GIF or, like... Wallpaper uh, generator. 
Yeah, so like like some sort of moving active wallpaper at 144 hertz. Because the, I mean, the, that was what it was always okay, the best okay. at. I, fi- was I figured it out. I figured it out. Visuals. I figured out what, what this game is. This is a second monitor game. Uh, you have it paused, and then occasionally you play, uh, play it for five minutes, ten minutes. You are able to pause it, right? Yeah. Or, or you know, although uh, just you say, would be better to just like stand still. Yeah, uh, and... stand still, looking out the window of your base. As a as sort of an active wallpaper, eating up a lot of system resources in the process. Yes, it is pretty resource heavy. <coughs> Excuse me, better than before, but still pretty resource heavy. They're adding an actual legitimate. Well, they have said that they are adding an actual legitimate single player story to it. They've added a lot of story stuff, anyways, but it's all sort of in service of unlocking everything to build your base and stuff like that. Um, But this is supposed to be an actual story that revolves around the lore that already exists in the game for, like, the Travelers and uh, the... uh, Ah, shit. What are they called? The Arcs and... uh, Atlas. Atlas, not Arc. The the Atlas. Um, So... I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to that or not. I mean, on the one hand, it would give me a reason to go back and play No Man's Sky even more, like with more purpose, because now it's just kind of like, I want to listen to podcasts for some while, or for a while, do some mining, just keep plugging away at that freighter. Yeah, for me, my podcast game of choice is either Warframe, if I want something more active, or Eurotruck still, which Eurotruck uh, recently had a, a an event to for long hauls to Sweden, actually, uh, for the upcoming map update. Cool. But I'm still, like, one or two map packs behind. I'm probably going to end up getting uh, Italy in the uh, summer sale, which I'm going to go insane in the summer sale. Oh, boy. Uh, I was generating funds for Battletech, and I ended up getting a better deal elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, So everything I generated uh, is just sitting in my Steam wallet, burning a hole in my pocket. It's like, no, wait for summer. Wait for summer. Uh, there you go. Yep. Summer's coming. Uh, I hope that we have some, some Battletech DLC or expansion by then. Uh, I would be uh, surprised to see an expansion out before the summer sale. Yeah. I'd be happy with like some more mechs as DLC, like a $5 DLC and get a few mechs from each weight class. I'm not sure how they... I feel about that, but uh, we're on Game Club dues again. Or game club discussion. Yeah. Uh, the game, Maybe. Game club is going to be like a six hour podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be. Because there's a lot of things to discuss from just the gameplay side. Because it's a thoroughly in-depth system. But there's also like, how much lore do you want me to talk about? How much explaining do you want me to do? I'm actually putting together like a list of things to help me like stay on topic because like I've said many times, I could go on for a long time about how giant this universe is. So I'm going to try and keep it reined in as much as possible. Yeah, but you're in the wrong universe. <laughs> oh, but yep, that's the only game I played this week that I can talk about at any length. So, yep. That's all you got to say about that? That's all I've got to say about that. 
Uh, it does make me wonder, uh, since we had a uh, spore discussion last week uh, in the community corner, I think it was last week, uh, where if spore released today instead of back when uh, post-release uh, content wasn't uh, as uh, bite-sized as it was, it was just expansion packs, would spore be remembered as so much of a joke uh, that it is now? I don't think so. I think Spore would do a lot better if it was released today. I mean, Spore uh, it was a really good 3D modeling program and some very, very, very basic games. I mean, to be honest, Spore is much more of a game than a lot of games that are released today. True. So if it released today, it would be, yeah, well, like, I don't want to say like praised, but people would be like, oh, hey, a, a real game. Because unless you go to the indie scene, there are very few games that come out that are like, this is a, feels like a full game, and is not just a battle royale mode. Well, t- you're uh, skipping ahead in the news topics, but honestly... Well, uh, the first news topic has to do with battle royale, uh, too. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, battle royale and loot boxes, ugh. Uh, but uh, to me, Spore always felt very, very shallow gameplay-wise. Like, they... Uh, took the idea of uh, the the very basic idea of five games or five different genres and that was about it. They never really expanded upon them. Which maybe that's the problem with Spore uh, gameplay wise. Outside of at least one of the life stages that they completely removed uh, was that you know, they never really fleshed out anything. Yeah. And that just required too much time. But uh, since we mentioned Battle Royale, shall we move on to the news? Indeed. Our first news topic of the week. 15 arrests made in connection to PUBG cheaters. Yeah, and this isn't just cheaters, but also people that's been using cheats to distribute, well, hacks, codes, uh, 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 taking over systems, uh, ruining people's lives, that sort of thing. So it's not just cheaters, even though uh, yeah, the cheaters are being uh, targeted here. Uh, but I do love the names. 15 major suspects, spe- uh, including OMG, FL, and one of these is Firefox. Uh, one of these, uh, I went to Google Translate, by the way. Um, I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. One was just, yeah, a Chinese name. But it was just amusing to me. Firefox. Uh, OMG. FL. Uh, let's see. Suya. Uh, that's the uh, th- uh, third one. and the Or sorry, the fourth one. And the fifth one is Yang Ha Yang. So, yeah. Uh, there's umlauts, so it's hard to get the per- 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 pronunciation. But, yeah, Firefox. <laughs> Very simple, uh, simplistic names. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, PUBG is being uh, uh, just absolutely major in China, and actually, Fortnite is releasing in China in the next week or two. Yeah, and, and it makes me wait. They are. Yeah, I didn't. I thought Fortnite was already in China. Uh, they're officially publishing in China. Remember, China has a thing where games have to be locally published. So, typically, of Western games have to have essentially a shell company in China to publish through. That's why PUBG has a secondary publisher in China. Yeah. So it's not PUBG Corp. It's, uh, is that Blue Hole? Or is, it's tough for me to 
really give a damn about PUBG, to be perfectly honest, to really keep it straight. Uh, but, yeah, Fortnite is officially releasing uh, in uh, China, and just so you don't have to do hacks and go-arounds, but it makes me wonder if they're looking at the cheating problem that PUBG has had and is really tightened down things. Because this, PUBG has had an absolute horrendous time with cheaters. And so it doesn't, it's not a surprise that the cheaters have been distributing malicious code and they're, they're being targeted by legal action. But grand, this is the major cheaters actually distributing the cheat, uh, uh, programs and also the ones that are using Trojan horses in order to, uh, get, uh, access to systems for botnets, for, uh, uh, various system information or personal information, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's just this is more just an as, uh, uh, absolutely fascinating look at some of the gaming culture from China, and I've realized that makes it sound like uh, all Chinese players are hackers and cheaters. I'm not saying that. It's just that yo, it's been a major story for how long now? <laughs> yeah. So it's tough to really split the two. Any thoughts? Um, I I find it fascinating that this is a big enough thing that PUBG is big enough that other businesses I don't want to say another industry that's maybe too strong a word oh. but other businesses are popping up underneath it to let like to sell cheats to people or uh, you know, selling however you cheats want to isn't, that. Uh, isn't a new industry that's been around for ages. I know, I know, but just like the fact that. Uh, the, the, Multiple the, companies the PUBG, have appeared. Uh, the, the PUBG uh, side of uh, the cheat industry. Yeah, but, like I know the cheat industry has existed, but like there's enough that they were able to arrest 15 people for it. Like it's bad enough that they've decided to go after these people for, you know, legally and have arrested 15. Like I find that fascinating. Well, I know uh, when I still played Team Fortress 2, there was a really bad uh, epi- epidemic of cheaters there where. They're using dedicated uh, programs, and th- it was basically a cat and mouse game between Vac and these cheaters, uh, trying to keep one step ahead of uh, you know being caught. But it was very obvious for one, uh, the free version of it because it was a sold uh, cheat, of course, it would actually spam and chat. Uh, get good, get the, uh, get the, you know, cheat engine or, or what, you know, what, what they were calling it. I don't, I don't want to give it publicity, but the fact, you know, get good, get this <laughs> just kind of shows you the mindset of uh, the cheat industry. But also, you know, it was also exceptionally obvious. Some of them were cheating because, uh, probably the biggest one I remember was a sniper on, uh, several maps I played. I mean, uh, the most common one would be two Ford, but yeah, it's not the only one. Would actually sit in place, spin 360 unspeakably fast, you know, like you have your mouse set up to its highest sensitivity and just rolling across the desk. And then occasionally stopping for a split second, shoot, headshot, and then continue spinning. Yeah, incredibly obvious that you're cheating. <laughs> right. And the entire time's uh, spamming that, uh, yeah, because he's using the free version of it. So the cheat industry has been around for ages, and it has uh, 
you know, latched onto popular games because at, at the time, Team Fortress 2, I don't think it was the most popular on Steam, but it was like the second or third. So, you know, it was there, and, you know, the MMOs have always uh, had that problem. It's just, you know, PUBG has uh, gotten there. Yeah. Interesting times we live in, I feel, in the games industry. Yeah, especially now that these are also being used as vectors for Trojans, because that wasn't necessarily the case in the past. You would still get, you know, the occasional, you know, cheat engine... Uh, which I realized cheat isn't engine isn't exactly the same thing as this because that's more of a single player uh, uh, thing. Even though it can be used in multiplayer games that implement their multiplayer in um, a stupid manner, where everything is ser- is uh, client side and the server just like okay on well, that I guess sir go ahead. So you know, uh, the cheat engine can be used there, but I'm using that more as a general catch-all term. The fact that these uh, cheat engines, these cheat programs, are being used so much to distribute uh, Trojans or, or distributing viruses. That's the uh, real news story here. That's caught on that much. But they've arrested yeah. over 120 hackers and with PUBG Corp, Corp steadily increasing anti-cheat measures. <laughs> uh, which I, I find that amazing to believe. But uh, they are saying that uh, the the cheating has slowed in uh, the PUBG player base. So, minor victories. My minor victories. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, these fifteen hackers winner, are winner chicken dinner. Ah, uh, got it. Bam. Sorry. Uh, not uh, sorry. These fifteen. Uh, oh, I know you're not sorry. You're never sorry. You have no shame. Nope. Uh, these fifteen hackers, uh, according to. Game industry biz, uh, were fined 5.1 million. I assume that's collectively, not yeah. individually. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not actually clear on what it is. Yeah, if it's collective or not. But I realize across 15 people, that's yeah, not as much on average. That's still a but, shitload yeah. of money. But yeah, it's still a shitload of money. But these are mostly going after the Trojans with the. 5.1 million. That's damn. I have to wonder what the jail time is on that because, you know, this is a malicious code. It's 300 an average, if everyone got the same fine, $340,000 a piece. Yeah, which I'm assuming that translates into a nice round number in, uh, you know, their uh, currency. Yeah. So, uh, any thoughts here? Outside of, you know, just uh, surprise that it's sprung up like this? I don't think so. I mean, we said at the beginning that this was a pretty short topic. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think you covered everything, really. Okay, so moving along. Indeed. Colivara's Gunslinger officially returns to Steam and by extension back to our uh, Game Club list. Yeah, the Game Club queue. Uh, which, uh, Colivara's, uh, uh, Pretty much all the games on Steam under this series uh, were pulled from uh, Steam not too long ago. But only Gunslinger came back. The other ones that were considered uh, kind of shitty never returned. So what do you think? Maybe that's why they didn't come back. Yeah, what do you think the, uh, or what do you think about them not coming, uh, bringing back uh, games that are not considered as good and kind of cleansing a game's history or a game's lineage? 
Well, I'm not sure if I agree that the first Call of Juarez wasn't that good. The first Call of Juarez was a really interesting game, and it had some neat ideas between the three... I don't know, between the two main characters that you played, and I loved the way that well, it told the well, story. Well, this is specifically Call of Juarez Bound in Blood, not the very first one. But what I thought you said they didn't bring... I'm not sure if they... Uh, 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 I think all the ones except uh, uh, Gunslinger that left came back. Is Bound in Blood the one that was modern day? I or think was that so. Cartel? Call of Juarez the Cartel? I don't know. The one that was set in modern times... It was an okay shooter. I played it back. Uh, no, that a long one is still ago. a western. Okay, there's one that's modern times. And Call of War is. Or no, wait, wait. I, I, it's a little confusing here. Uh, the Bound in Blood uh, is still under the Ubisoft banner. It looks like some of these uh, actually changed publishers. That's part of the reason why they're pulled. Yeah, Call of War is the cartel is set in modern times. And it looks like the the cover of the game makes it look still kind of like a western, um, but it's not. It's set it's set in modern times. Actually, this cover doesn't. That guy's wearing a ballistic vest that says police, and they're wearing modern clothes. Well, yeah, well what if that... they had a ballistic vest that just said sheriff <laughs> with a tin star? Totally passable. <laughs> totally passable. Believable. It looks like um, Bound and it Blood was... still on Steam. I, I'm not. Sh- I kept seeing people talking about how a good chunk of them didn't come back, or you know, maybe it's just uh, you know, uh, the cartel didn't come back. I mean, I got uh, news I mean, confused. The, the cart, the cartel's the worst one. Not, it's not a bad game to play, but in comparison to the other games, it's just a generic shooter. The first one, the original Call of Juarez, was a good game. Yeah, I'm not seeing the cartel, played... so uh, that's probably uh, that's probably what everybody was talking about, and yeah, dudes just got a little confused. Yeah, I haven't played Bound in Blood. Um, I have Bound in Blood on uh, Ubi- on the U Store uh, because I got it through Newegg with store credit that I had to use, and. Uh, it doesn't run because I have the audacity to have more than two cores on my CPU. Yeah. The first Call of Juarez, though, was really good. It was a fun... I actually played this game with my mom, weirdly, uh, back in the day. Because like, this game came out in 2007. I had it on Xbox 360. And she came into my room one day and she's like, what are you playing? And I told her what it was. And she's like, oh, that's really interesting. It's a like It's a Western. And my mom likes westerns, so she sat down and played, or watched me play like half of the game. I think she would really like uh, at least the narrative of uh, Gunslinger. That's a very, very interesting take on the a lot of tropes. Yeah. Have you played Gunslinger? No, I haven't. I, I'm like I know you know what it is and what the concept of it is. Um, Because, you know, unreliable narrator, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot more wacky. It's a lot more Uh, spaghetti western. Yeah. Um, But I've never played it. I wanted to play it, and then... It was pulled. I never bought it, and then it got pulled from Steam. So, yeah, this is uh, back on the Game Club queue as well. Yeah, it's ten bucks right now. I might just buy it. Or just wait for Summer Stale. Yeah. Because... But I mean, I'm glad that yeah. it's back. I, you know, for the most part, it sucks when games get pulled. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're like, 
early access Steam Direct garbage, you know, no love lost there, but games that were considered as being good games or interesting games, it sucks when they get pulled because of business garbage. Yeah, which, I mean, I get that it's an industry, it's a business, shit like that's going to happen, but it still sucks when it does, and it's good to see it come back. Or uh, just get content removed. Uh, uh, it's not on the uh, docket, but uh, we had it where uh, GTA 4, it had its 10th anniversary, and for it, a good chunk of music got removed from it. Yeah. I mean, uh, to the point where one radio station was pretty much gone. Which, you know, that, that gets more into the regular industry being utter shit. Yeah. But, you know, that's not a new thing. I mean, uh, they've done that for to television for ages. It's just a... I shouldn't say it's a, a little surprising, but it's not that, you know, the game industry is falling into the same trap that the television uh, industry has. Where they... I don't think they really consider that games have such a long tail, particularly more modern ones. Which they started using more licensed music. I would say around 2000-esque. I mean, there was uh, some licensed music before, but it's become a lot more uh, noticeable. It's become a lot more mainstream. Yeah. So, yeah, losing, you know, Alan Wake because it uses too much licensed music and you can't really exchange it. Uh, losing uh, so much music out of the, the GTA games just in general because San Andreas had that. Vice City had that. Now GTA 4 makes me think uh, GTA 5 is going to in you know, a, a few years maybe we're just seeing a thing where uh, there's industry bullshit that really gets in the way of the games being art aspect of it you know yeah hmm. kind of want to buy a western game <laughs> I'm going to wait I'm going to wait till the summer sale and see if it's even cheaper yeah uh, but definitely pick up uh, Gunslinger yeah, definitely going to. That way, if something happens to it again, yeah. well, I'll still have it, and then we'll both have it, so it can stay on the list. All right, moving on well, to our next... Oh, sorry. Uh, well, I was going to ask for a quick break uh, to refill okay. my water. Sure, moving on to a quick break. We'll be right back. AMD don't see a significant risk of secondhand GPUs appearing as crypto demand wanes. Yeah, which I think the more significant title here is yeah the fact that crypto demand is waning enough that amd is trying to uh reduce the leeriness of the uh, consumer to be able to use secondhand uh, cards yeah well i would be very careful it i mean if you buy a secondhand card and they don't disclose that it was a crypto card assume crypto I mean, yeah um but I mean, any card that's been used heavily for crypto mining, at best, you're going to have a reduced life in your PC, and you're going to need to replace the fan, like, immediately. Yeah, which uh, some of the uh, cards have it pretty much built in that you could easily replace the fans. That's actually why I like Sapphire, is that they have a, uh, yeah, you turn a screw, uh, you remove one screw, and the entire fan, a fan assembly comes off in one unit. But granted, that also makes it a, you know, a dedicated part. But the, there's a uh, second article here that graphics card makers will be forced to slash prices after GPU shipments fall by 40%. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of the more significant thing here where uh, AMD is trying to uh, 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 leave fears while 
demand is uh, falling significantly as cryptocurrency is really shifting gears once again. Yeah. The two things have happened recently in I mean or have happened recently with with cryptocurrency mining. Um like well, three things really. So the first ASICs <laughs> Four have things existed. have happened. <laughs> ASICs have existed for a while now and these are specific basically baby PCs that that is their entire purpose. They're designed to mine uh cryptocurrency and pass butter. And they are and what? And pass butter. Yeah. Um, hey, I don't like the show, but I can at least make the meme. But uh, that has been driving the demand for GPUs down because most of your major cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, I don't actually, I haven't checked up in a couple of weeks. I don't know what else is on top Doge? right now. Xcoin. Oh, Dogecoin has not been a thing for a while. I was now. making a joke. I mean, it's still. Okay. Well, it still exists, but anyways, um, you know, most of your major coins have hit the sort of difficulty level where they can't really effectively be mined by GPUs anyway. Um, so the GPU mining has shifted to other coins, which have less difficult encryption algorithms to break. Um, but a lot of those coins, they're that type or those cryptos. Uh, the the second thing that's causing a shift, I think, is those cryptos have really been being adjusted and targeted to sort of like, air quotes, everyday people. Um, and so they have lower difficulties that are easier to mine with CPUs or low-end graphics cards. There's a new type of cryptocurrency that is mined using hard drive space. What? I don't understand how that works, but it's a real thing. Um, and it uses excess hard drive space on your machine to mine cryptocurrency. And find porn. Absolutely. But I don't know how that works. Um, I've, I, I haven't found a good, like, ELI-5 for it yet. So I can't quite explain it to you. But it, it does use your hard drive space. Um, there's a cryptocurrency that uses RAM now. Oh, great. Um, like so, so RAM prices are going to go even higher. I mean, all cryptocurrencies use your RAM per se in the way that a PC does, but this one takes your RAM and creates kind of a scratch disk with it um, and then uses your CPU to interact with the scratch disk. And, well, remember, if you scratch your disk, be sure to wash your hands afterwards. I'll always wash your hands. But uh, And then the third thing is that after Bitcoin plummeted, like after Bitcoin surged to like 20 grand a coin and then plummeted to a still extremely high, like $9,000 a coin. So it's over 9000 a, a lot of people cashed out. And so we're in sort of a decline right now. Like the, you know, your hardcore miners and then the people who saw it as a an opportunity to invest after it, it crashed – um, there are less people right now currently mining for crypto. So you're not seeing all of these cards being bought everywhere all the time. So that's, uh, I, I'd say that's, or that's why your demand is down 40%. Dropping. Well, at least the, yeah. uh, the demand for the GPUs, because that's a hell of a drop off. Yeah. Uh, but it's just uh, 
I wonder if AMD is setting themselves up for a problem by trying to pass off, you know, well, it's all right to use a card that's been used for crypto. And down the road, you know, a year or two from now, we're going to see people that took that advice at face value and didn't really you know, research it anymore. Bought a card off eBay or, you know, that somebody was dropping all their RX 480s or uh, 560s or what, what have you have their card blow up possibly literally and then blame AMD for it whenever you know, the card was you know, taxed uh, 100% for you know, over a year which these cards are yeah. not designed for that they're designed uh, they're yep. designed for high capacity and short burst and then to cool off uh, with high heat uh, you're, you're damaging the capacitors you're uh, putting a lot of stress on the cooling system and it's just not designed for that yeah, when I do cryptocurrency mining, uh, I don't run them at, at full capacity. Because, especially on my main rig, which I don't really do cryptocurrency mining on my main PC anymore. Because I've got this backup PC that I bought a graphics card. Just like a secondhand graphics card specifically to just run it all the time for cryptocurrency mining. But even at that, I still only run it at about 50% capacity. Because, obviously, it's bad for it to run flat out all the time. So, yeah. I mean, if uh, this won't happen, because I think people, well, it might happen, but it seems incredibly unlikely to happen. Like, if you manage to run across someone who's like, hey, I used this card for cryptocurrency mining for X number of months or even years, although probably a card wouldn't last for years, cryptocurrency mining, but whatever, you know, and you're able to buy it on eBay for like, I don't know, 20 or 30, maybe even like 50 bucks if it's like a 1080. But the thing is, is that, you know, you'll never run up on that because everything that I've seen where crypto miners are selling their secondhand cards, they're not, they're they're not asking like, disclosing for one. Either they're not disclosing or if they are, they're still asking for nearly full retail price for a card. Uh, like, the manufacturer price? I'm not going to buy that. Yeah, really close to MSRP. Well, well to be uh, to be fair, you know, that's a hell of a deal right now because until very recently, cards were hugely inflated just because of the cryptocurrency uh, surge. Yeah. And it's kind of fed onto itself because uh, you had this surge in cryptocurrency, then major news organizations uh, got on uh, got wind that, you know, Bitcoin is doing absolutely insane things right now. So they run stories, which brings more people on, which brings the price more higher, which also inflates the price of Bitcoin more and more and more until the bubble bursts and goes boop and down. Bitcoin is currently at $9,023.01 per coin. Oh, see, it's the one cent that puts it way over. You know, that, that's, Bitcoin... It's just way too oh, high. Sorry. Bitcoin Cash, which is one of the most recent splits or forks off of Bitcoin, is at... 1337 it's leet ah. uh, and then ethereum 665 dollars a coin oh so close there if it was 666 so. uh, that that would have been like perfect you know leet and uh, evil <laughs> well it's 665.89 so you could round up you could say 666 yeah but that wouldn't be technically correct leet satan but yeah, that's that's what cryptocurrencies the the big ones are at right now. Yeah, it's just 
I have to admit that the whole cryptocurrency thing, it just seems absolutely bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it's just a speculative investment type thing right now. If it ever becomes a regulated uh, normal currency, it'll its value will plummet because the whole reason that it's can be worth so much is that it's not regulated. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the wild west. That makes it highly yeah, that, but that makes it highly volatile and speculative. I have, I have a air quotes Bitcoin now. For my birthday, my dad my dad likes to get me weird things, and for my birthday, he got me uh, a Bitcoin, and he was like, I got you a Bitcoin, and I was like, what? And he was like, well, it's not what you think, and then he handed me, like, a, a thing, and it's like a physical, like, it's silver and gold, but, it, you know, it's a Bitcoin. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much it's worth, I haven't looked that up yet, probably... I don't know, $50. Like, it's one of those sort of, like, novelty coins yeah. that you can buy yep. off yep. of QVC or whatever. Yeah, one point, uh, I think it was Pendulet on his uh, podcast. Somebody gave him a Bitcoin. It was one of those uh, uh, coins that had a code on it. It had 15 coins in it. <laughs> That'd be... Nice. Uh, and he didn't use the code, so it ran out. <laughs> I think it was fifty. So three hundred thousand ish. Yeah. Oh. What? According well on eBay, there's one listed or there's one at one hundred and five dollars right now. And this is exactly the one that I have, but it's a higher serial number than the one that's on mine. Although values of coins are. Collector and commemorative coins are weird. Yeah, well, uh, coin and art is just another one of those. Uh, eye of the beholder doesn't make a lot of sense unless you're in that world. Yeah, because uh, oh, the, I see. Th- there was a few uh, art articles I've seen in the last week or so that's you know they talk about the price of the, this piece of art and it's like I could make that for fifty bucks and a trip to the hardware store. But I don't have a, a recognizable name. I don't. I, I don't have a lot of clout with my name. So, you know, uh, the bullshit that I throw together, you know, just doesn't get uh, viewed on YouTube. It's not sold for millions and millions and millions. I see what these are. So these that are listed for like a hundred plus dollars mm-hmm. uh, were a limited run that had QR codes on them that had a value of a of Bitcoin. Ah. So these, they aren't actually selling the coins. They're selling the QR codes on the coins. Ah, makes sense now. Do you still get the physical coin? uh, This auction is not selling the physical coin, just the QR code. Ah. You get, you're buying a picture. Uh, Connect, displaying current Bitcoin value. Where's the link? I want to see how much this coin's worth. Well, well, don't say that you can go to the link and not put it in your listing, asshole. Well, you can always melt down the coin. Of course, you know, firing up a furnace that hot may, you know, completely negate the uh, value of the coin, but yeah. I wonder if I can just scan the QR code. 
And welcome to the QR code portion of the podcast. Let me let me try this. Let me just see what happens if I try and scan the QR code. Oh, if you end up in the matrix, say hi to Neo for me. Okay. And tell Morpheus to get some uh, ear hooks for his glasses. He looks weird. It's not scanning. Oh, we are completely off the rails. Is this going to get cut? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to mess with this anymore. It's not scanning the code. Fuck it. Well, you'll do it. I'll look up. You won't do it live. I won't do it live. It's going to take too much time. (laughs) Uh, So I don't. Do you have any more? I need more time than I thought it would. Yeah. Alrighty. Moving on to our next news topic. We got a whole bunch of them this week. Steam Spy Creator develops new algorithm to keep service alive. Yeah, which he was throwing a bit of a fit for news sites reporting his tweet. (laughs) Verbatim, essentially. Because he was talking about how Steam Spy, you know, uh, a matter of fact, we talked about pretty much as I saw it uh, a couple weeks ago now, wasn't it? Where... He said he wasn't sure how Steam Spy could uh, continue and that it'd be shutting down. He got upset that sites were reporting that. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Uh, but uh, the main thing on this is that Steam Spy is going to uh, attempt to continue with a new algorithm to not really combat, but try to make sense with the new policy uh, that Steam has out. Which uh, Steam and a lot of social websites have uh, uh, changed their uh, uh, privacy uh, um, terms of service due to the new European laws, which I don't actually know exactly what they entail. I know that they're there. I know there are a set of laws to protect consumer information and to set forth certain guidelines on how information is stored and what can be kept. I don't know exactly what those are. And I've never made them upon that. But uh, because Steam had to comply with that and possibly went overboard, I don't know. Steam Spy overreacted and now Steam Spy is calling game journalists overreacting and creating a new algorithm, which isn't in the public yet. It's right now behind a paywall on this Patreon. Which... It's a little hard to you know, really bite that bullet, you know? Yeah. Especially shortly after him talking about the site shutting down. Oh, I th- wait. I thought that was just like, not necessarily an error or something, but like I, just because I wasn't signed in when I went to go check something on there earlier. So you have to... Yeah, the, the right now the API is only for the Patreon users, and a lot of the news updates he's been doing has been to Patreon users only, the the blog posts. And then he got upset that, you know, the game sites were saying Steam Spy was shutting down, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. You're not giving out information. You said that the site is shutting down, and then you get upset that sites are reporting that your site is shutting down. Yeah. I did. Uh, Honestly, if you're doing news updates, they should not be on a Patreon-only blog, in my opinion. Yeah. Wait, the news updates are on the Patreon only blog? Yeah. Oh shit, I'm printing something. Whoops, <laughs> I thought I was saving that as a PDF. Uh, the, oh, well, a, a, lot, a lot of the updates that he's been doing 
and is talking with the community has been on his Patreon only blog. So yeah, there's been no information out there except for the people that paid for it and the ones that paid for it haven't really relayed that. So it's a little bit yeah, uh, tough to feel a little bit of sympathy on him for really yeah, being upset about this because yeah, you're, you're restricting your own fucking information here. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, interesting to see that Steam Spot is able to continue with such un- uh, uh, anonymous uh, information. Um, I'm just wondering how accurate it's going to be. If we're going to see a margin of error that's too big to have the info be of any real use, that's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, well, it says on here that he said that it would be less accurate, but he'd keep working on it. Yeah, he said uh, 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 he was able to come within 10% of margin on a majority of games tested with only a few crazy outliers. So that's actually not too bad. Uh, another podcast I listen to, uh, which is more game developers uh, 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 with games journalists in it as well, they were actually uh, a little bit happy that Steam Spy was shutting down, which just... Uh, boggles my mind talking about how the information was muddying the waters essentially you know that it essentially makes certain situations worse especially things like lawbreakers where uh, the news that the game was dead or was based or the game was dead and that it didn't sell well was based off a lot of steam spy numbers but steam gives that data out already for the top 100 and if it's not appearing in the top 100 you know, that means that you're below a certain uh, threshold on player count. I mean, hell, right now, as we're talking, the, that would be under 1,982. Right, for space engineers, by the way. So, yeah, that, that's not exactly Steam Spy's fault. So, no, it's a, just a little bit confusing to me that people are actually happy to lose this information. Yeah. I mean, I think it's better to have the information than not. I could see how some people, particularly devs of poorly performing games, wouldn't want that information out Mm. there. Makes it a lot more difficult for them to lie in their PR statements. But I think it's better that we have the information than not. Yeah, very true. I guess it's just... uh, It's just so strange to me that there's... Uh, an active uh, portion of the uh, of the industry that much rather keep players in the dark that aren't the suits, you know? That are the uh, people in the trenches wanting to sell their games, that's wanting to get their games out there. Because Steam yeah. Spot is a very important tool. It allows a lot of, of figuring out, particularly on these multiplayer-focused games. We talked about, you know, during Muffled Warfare, selling a, a, a multiplayer-focused indie title is typically a death sentence for a game because you just don't get the player base. But if a game is a sleeper hit and it has a, a big enough play, uh, you know, cult following that it warrants a, a purchase if you play with the, the community... Steam Spot would help you figure it out if that is if, if that's the case, along with Steam charts. But without that information, you just go to the top uh, 100, don't see it there. Well, I guess nobody's playing. Yeah. Or you're relying on uh, yeah the 
uh, uh, the community forums, which is not exactly a good way to do it because there's a lot of people that will call our game dead long before it's dead. They'll, if you go to the community forums and see, okay, well, let's set up a game night. That's not a good sound for the player base. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, I, I, but maybe it's just being too close to the industry uh, to really see it as a consumer uh, side of things. Two sides of the same coin, essentially. Yeah, I could see that. See the point you're making. But. Speaking of industry I don't, bullshit, I don't... or. Uh, oh, never mind. Go ahead. No, it's it's okay. I was going to say, I just, I hope Steam Spy sticks around, even if their algorithm's a little less, uh, or even if their data's a I, I little less for, accurate I than I wish before. Valve would be able to work with them, but maybe with the European laws, they aren't able to. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, like I said, I haven't been able to find the ditty gritty on those laws. Well, speaking of laws, eh? EA, Activision, Blizzard, and Valve are found in breach of Belgian gambling laws. Oh, so, Carrie, guess what this is about? <laughs> <laughs> Would it be uh, some boxes? No, micro DLC. Which can. Oh, man. Yeah, you buy the keys and then you unlock the boxes. <laughs> oh. So, loot boxes in FIFA 18, Overwatch, and CSGO violate gambling legislation, says Belgian Gaming Commission. Or gambling, com- no, ga- uh, gaming, uh, commission, because gaming in this case is gambling. Yeah. So, many months ago, uh, the article says following a five-month investigation, so... I guess five-ish months ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we uh, this was in the clusterfuck with EA uh, and uh, Battlefront 2. It's, it's kind of funny that uh, Battlefront 2 got away from this because they recently patched that out, but they got it with FIFA 18 instead. <laughs> yeah, oh. but I mean, you know, we mentioned a number of countries that said, we're going to look at this, we're going to investigate it, it's going to committee. And I mean, we haven't heard anything since uh, last week there was some rumblings that this might be the case um and it was after the we recorded last week that this news story broke that yeah they are in violation um yeah but so uh, but the ESRB says yeah no yeah, so let's see. Where I'm looking, uh, I'm uh, scanning the article to look for eight thousand eight hundred thousand dollar euro fine uh, on if the offending loot boxes are not removed, and these could also scope for a five-year prison sentence. But these punishments can also be doubled when minors are involved. Indeed. So, a few things about that. One, first who of all, you, for these who companies, do you throw in jail? <laughs> yeah, who do you throw in jail? Um, I mean, they would find someone to throw in jail. I'm sure. I don't know. They would offer up somebody. Uh, damn code who? monkeys. Yeah, who do you put in jail for that, number one? And I don't really know if there's a good answer for that. Even though I have I'm, to admit, uh, this idea just popped in my mind, or this thought just popped in my mind, and I have to share it. Next D3, uh, you know, the president of EA is giving the presentation from his jail cell. <laughs> it in Actually, I think there's precedent for it being CEOs. Um because I remember in other, like, uh, just very yeah, but, from other... Yeah, but Belgian law, you know, it's a little hard to tell on that case. But yeah, it just it just yeah. popped in my mind, just like, oh, <laughs> that, that'd be hilarious and sad at the same time. 
Yeah. But, and the, okay, so that was the first thing. The second thing, 800,000 euros is probably like 1.2 or $3 million. That's not yeah. a lot for these giant companies. Um, the fines that are imposed against companies are usually pretty small compared to the type of money that they bring in. But Actually, this could have not, a knock-on effect. Not even that. Uh, with, I'm just doing a quick cut. Yeah, according to this, 800,000 is 960,632 at current exchange rates. Oh, wow. The euro's fallen a lot since the last it's, time I checked the exchange ratio. It's uh, 1.2, uh, uh, 1 to 1.2. Okay. Um, that's getting pretty close to parity. I think they consider 0.9 to 1.1 parity rate. Anyways, um, so that's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, but Belgium is in the EU. Yeah. So this could have a knock-on effect with future uh EU laws and whatnot. Um so this could be interesting. The question is going to be how if or how these companies cave and pay the fi- like do they pay the or fines do they just, and uh, remove or do they just not sell in Belgium because that's the other aspect of it. Yeah. Do do they give in and either remove them? pay the fine and and or pay the fines or do they just stop selling games in belgium or those games it's uh, gonna but, be interesting to see how that goes uh, but, he, I mean, but here's a couple of quotes uh uh we for, uh this is why we must uh, also in, uh, ensure that children and adults are not confronted with games of chance when they're looking for fun in a video game that's why this ruling uh, came down uh now that it is clear that children and vulnerable people in particular are exposed to them, uh, unprotected, game manufacturers, but also parties such as FIFA, for example, are called upon to call a halt to this practice. This was the Belgian gaming uh, director, Peter Nichelens, uh, uh talking. I mean, damn. I mean, that's pretty wrong. Uh, that's some pretty strongly worded uh, statements. Yeah. Uh, we decided to uh, first go have a meeting with the sector, and then we're going to look into what they have to do. There is no timing on things at the moment, though. So that's the Justice Minister Gurin's uh, uh, giving an interview to Game Industry Biz, which is one of our sources for this. Uh, we strongly believe that our games are that our games are devolved, or sorry, developed and implemented ethically. And lawfully around the world, and these take responsibilities very uh, uh, seriously. A spokesman told uh, Games Industry Biz. So, uh, you know, th- there's going to be some talks here trying to figure out what to do. So maybe Jim Sterling is right that the year of the loot box is dead just because EA got too greedy. But it's it's really going to come down to just how things play out, really, in the EU as a whole. Because I think Belgium's probably small enough that uh, a lot of the AAA uh, publishers will just say, yeah, we'll cut out Belgium or or Belgium or do like they do with Germany and make a separate version. Because Germany has some very stringent uh, censorship laws and very uh, certain uh, things that you can't depict, uh, particularly around Nazism, but yeah, uh, just general... Of violence as well, at least for quite a while, where you know game um, 
designers, game developers, would just make a separate version that's slightly tweaked. Yeah, remember the uh, mustache from Hitler is no longer Hitler, right? <laughs> so I have to wonder if we'll see something like how Blizzard treated the uh, loot boxes in Overwatch in China, where instead they use a loophole and you know just a very minor tweak to the system. Assuming that, you know, they want to continue down this route. Because, honestly, I think they're insane if they do. Because, you know, things are getting insane. And I'm saying insane a lot because, you know, this is fucking crazy. It's, it's, it's just crazy that we've gotten to this point, really. <laughs> we've talked about loot boxes yeah. for months now because of fucking EA. Fuck yep. EA and fa- uh, fuck Battlefront. But they promised yep. to do better on Battlefront 3, so it makes me wonder just how they're going to fuck it up this time. Indeed. Indeed. Yep, we're uh, we're breaking new ground here, one way or the other. It's a, it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's a beautiful train yeah, wreck. I'm sick of loot boxes, but you know, we talk about the news, and this is major news that... Uh, yeah, this isn't the first one that's uh, declared the... Uh, to be in violation, but this is the probably the first major one uh, to call out specific games because we had one a couple weeks ago where it was mystery games, wasn't it? Uh, they or it was Netherlands, I think, that was uh, calling out certain games, but wasn't uh, saying who and was giving them uh, six or eight weeks. So we'll find out about that one eventually. Ugh. The AAA yeah. industry is just a fucking train wreck. No wonder people don't uh, consider video games art. <laughs> Between uh, pulling music, uh, pulling games, and just microtransactions out the wazoo. Yep. I too am sick of talking about loot boxes, but we do cover news, and this is a pretty big one, like you said. Yeah. But let's move on from one thing that I'm sick of talking about to another thing that I'm pretty close to being sick of talking <laughs> about. Battle Royale. Already saturated, according to State of Decay 2 devs. I mean, and I would say, yes, but it's about to get a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah, because we got E3 coming up. And uh, we know that at least one of the major yearly shooters is going to have a Battle Royale mode. Definitely. Call of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty already. No single player. Battle Royale. Yeah, which... The, the new Call of Duty. Which, to be fair, I never really cared about the Call of Duty single player, but yeah, the fact that they're cutting it for Battle Royale, which is a game mode that takes yeah a day or two of development. Yeah, I feel really weird whenever people say Battle Royale is a genre because it's, it, it's a game not, mode. It's a game mode. Yeah, but the thing is, because there are multiple genres using Battle Royale appropriately for their genre at this point but yeah but yeah it just feels yeah weird. but the thing is that you know the the major ones in the uh, scene that is their primary game mode so it becomes a genre in people's minds which you know the genre and game mode is getting a little bit muddied here just because of that and that yeah it is a very different style of game and a lot of Game engines just aren't designed around as big a map and a bigger number of players that you need for that. So I could see how people could call it a game mode as well. Yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, this is how the cycle always goes, though. This is how the trend cycle yeah, goes. Yeah, it's just kind of been fast forward this time because Battle Royale is very, very simple to develop uh, yeah. as a core concept to 
add to it to change things up, like how Fortnite did it. It does take a little bit of effort, but they also brought in things from their single player to change things up. So, well, uh, the uh, April Fool's this year, Path of Exile actually put in a Battle Royale mode, and in their trailer for it, they made fun of the fact that it it took them one day of development to make it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, granted, it wasn't balanced all that well, but the fact that they could throw it together that quickly with their engine says that Battle Royale is a simple thing to build, but it's very popular right now. And because of both of those, we're seeing uh, the cycle that we saw with World War II games, then MMOs, then BOBAs, and now Battle Royale just playing out a lot faster. Zombie games. Zom- Zom- zombie games, too. Well, zombie games is kind of... Uh, uh, it, uh, it's risen from the grave several times. Eh? Eh? hey But, uh, yeah, there was a very popular uh, time where zombie games were everything. So, But because Battle Royale has such a short development time, it's playing out in Fast Forward. Uh, I mean, we saw MOBAs just recently dying off with... Uh, uh, Paragon dying off, and in the last couple of years, we've seen some of the minor uh, MOBAs just uh, either uh, shutting down or getting to player bases where they're unsustainable. It, it's just, yeah, because of the development time, it's playing out faster here. Yeah. But uh, they said, uh, we're a fairly st- a small studio. Uh, you have to dedicate your, uh, you have to decide who your audience is and who you're making this game for. There's only so much uh, pivoting that uh, can be done with a small studio once you're sort of committed to a particular direction. And that's really where I think Bosque Studios is going to have some trouble because Radical Heights isn't doing all that well. Nope. But they also launched an extreme early access. And yes, I realize I'm picking on Radical Heights again, but for a reason. I mean, they uh, this is the second time in a row they've been chasing the fad. And it's come back to bite them. But, you know, they're not the only ones. Uh, on my weekly search for uh, review code, I have to say I'm seeing Battle Royale pop up a lot more often, which is just a head-scratcher to me because it requires such a large player base. Or such a, uh, such a larger player base, I should say, for a multiplayer-focused game. Just, uh, I really don't understand people chasing the battle royale side of things on such a small level. I could see the triple A's doing it and sustain, sustaining for a while. But yeah, I do think that we're going to hit a, a peak either very soon or we already have where battle royale is going to fall off in popularity because there's only so much you could do with the mode. Yeah. Unless you see weird things, uh, uh, you know, some sort of, Something like how Robocraft was trying to do it, even though they never uh, saw the uh, player count to really take off, where you're uh, building up cars. Uh, Crossout is actually doing the same thing, where, you know, you're building cars uh, quickly. You start with a basic car, you find weapons and blocks and that sort of thing, and you strap them on, which is an interesting thing. Uh, actually, I would like to see that done with a more of a Gary's mod style, where you, uh, where you're a physical per- person getting out of the car and strapping it to your car. 
and then you get into it and you're driving around. You know, with some sort of gravity gun-esque uh, mechanic or something like that, or, you know, Fortnite, something like that. Yeah, that'd be neat. But once again, is it sustainable? That's the real question. Uh, it's just... I'm, I'm we're just getting a little sick of seeing Battle Royale stuff popping up. Yeah. I don't know if Battle Royale is at its height, but if it's not, I don't feel like there's a lot farther for it to go. Yeah, if it, we're going to get some AAA entries well, coming well, up Well, we already kind of have with... Uh, didn't GTA Five have it? And, and then you yeah, never, GTA Five had a Battle Royale. Yeah, it added it, and then I heard nothing else about it, so... But then again, uh, GTA Five has so many game modes that its player base must be so fractured at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I'm not not I looking don't... forward to E3 now because <laughs> I, I realized a few weeks ago that we're going to see Battle Royale out, out the wazoo. Yeah, we need to uh, coordinate our E3 better this year so we can do some. Uh, snarking together, <laughs> record that or stream it. We'll figure it out closer to time, but we need to coordinate this year. Uh, or just uh, pre-record my groans. Oh, not bad Oriel again, please. No, let me die. <laughs> well, speaking of letting you die, Harry Potter Hogwarts mystery forces you to pay or wait. To save a kid from being strangled to death. Yeah, this is more mobile game bullshit than uh, AAA game bullshit. Where they released a essentially RPG Harry Potter game on mobile, which yeah, that that makes me want to play it right away. Uh, and it has an energy system where they coordinate it to essentially every single cliffhanger has a you run out of energy and it. Pops up a, a thing, buy more energy or refill your beater in order to continue. It's just so fucking insidious. Yep. Let's see. Let me pull up the message. Because Jim sent me this earlier today and I didn't respond to him because I was doing something. Uh, He sent me the link and they said forcing people to wait or pay to stop a character in a game from being strangled to death. Has to be some kind of psychological tear when they impose it in a game targeted for children. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty nasty. I mean, cer- a certain age of kid is going to be okay with it. Like, um, I mean, just look at the uh, pictures of this. Yeah, uh, him staring off in the distance, uh, and the energy meter pops up. Out of energy. Seven hours, fifty-eight minutes, eighteen seconds. I assume that's how much energy. Or how long it'll take to build up that much energy. Yep, see you tomorrow, kid. <laughs> yeah, not only is that like like that that image is like really creepy. Well, maybe it's it's like just the dead eyes. Well, it's the PS2 era graphics that really uh, yeah, sells the deadness, you know? Yeah. I, I would say that's about PS2 era, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. I would say late PS2 era with the uh, detail in the background. Yep. Uh, but it's kind of uh, amazing that we haven't really seen that many uh, uh, Harry Potter games, actually. There were uh, a I, bunch uh, of yeah, them. Yeah, but uh, there were mostly the Lego ones that were actually the ones that were memorable. <laughs> yeah, well, there were a bunch of them like 15 years ago. 
I remember playing a couple of I was a kid, but I was never really all that much into Harry Potter. It's more so a, a passing interest to me and just but it's this is just insane. The dead eyes, though, the dead eyes. <laughs> yeah. He saw how much it is to save him. And he's like, oh, I'm fucking dead. But they also have on Game Industry Biz is uh, releasing an A B pricing model, so certain people are getting huge discounts on uh, the gems to be able to uh, pay into the energy. So if you get lucky, maybe you could uh, save your kid for slightly less. <laughs> Woo! I don't get why people uh, pay to play these games. I mean, a hundred bucks for in-game energy to pay uh, to play a mobile game. I don't get that. Is it? Is this a case of I'm old? Maybe I'm old. Yeah, no, I don't get it either. I mean, there's certain mobile games that I will that I will and have paid money for things, but never like I, I've never paid to refill an energy bar. I either just wait because it's a game I play sparingly, so I never have a problem with energy, or it's like, oh, I'm not gonna. I actually want to play this game, not wait. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm not going to pay. Yeah, you pretty money. much. Anytime I see an energy beater, I, I, I turn off the game now. <laughs> it makes me wonder if we're going to see some sort of uh, government looking at these games as uh, exploitative, because that's the big drive behind the loot box is that they exploit miners. Yeah, and this is the same sort of thing. I'm not calling for a regulation here yet, but yeah, it's. Yeah, utter bullshit. I mean, didn't we see uh, when Tappers really started to get, uh, get into play, you know, co- the cow clickers? And kids were racking up absolutely enormous bills because, yeah, these games were targeted towards them. Uh, but they also had the ability to buy in pretty much completely unlocked. I remember there was one with the Smurfs game where the kid racked up a several thousand dollar bill. And it was all over the major news for quite a while. Yeah, I remember that from several years ago. It's like twelve hundred dollars or something. Uh, it was it was well over two thousand, I believe. Oh, okay. There's another one I remember too that was like twelve hundred dollars, or maybe it was like twelve hundred dollars in one purchase. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and I know also, the Simpsons one was also very bad for quite a while. Uh, yeah, a couple of news stories popping up for that one. Yeah. Uh, also, there are 27 Harry Potter video All right, games. 27. Uh, from the last 15 years. Yeah, but how uh, recent is the last one, uh, not counting this one? Um, the last main one, based on the movies, was 2011. The last one... Was probably a Lego game. The actual last one... Lego Harry Potter years five through seven. When did this release? 2016. So it's still been a couple of years, but you know that yeah, that's a Lego game. But yeah, it, I do think that the bubble industry is uh, uh, playing with fire as well with uh, these microtransactions. They've gotten away with it for the most part because it's been the you know the boiling frog, the slow installation of these uh, systems 
Yeah. But I do think that people are going to quick, uh, you know, quickly start to realize once their kids start racking up more and more of these bills as more and more games start implementing things like this, that, you know, this is kind of bullshit. But then yeah. you hit the problem that premium mobile games just don't sell because, you know, the free-to-play mobile games uh, kind of poison the idea of paying for a game that you play for a couple of hours or a few days and that's it. I mean, I have that mental block whenever I look at a mobile game that's uh, paid for. It's like, uh, these mobile games are kind of trash. Do I want to buy in? Probably not, actually. Yeah, I don't. Not interested in buying and in getting into these games. Well, it's mostly uh, also. I know Jim was looking at for airplane worthy games that don't require online uh, and bullshit. And I wasn't able to come up with anything because anything that I have enjoyed has been short sessions, and then I've quickly gotten tired of it once I came up against a paywall. Yeah, my uh, favorite mobile games to play like on planes or when I'm traveling or whatever, when I don't have access to the internet, uh, tend to be those like choose-your-own-adventure style games. Uh, choice of uh, 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 game? Yeah, the choice of games. Oh, well, no, that's the company. Is that choice of game? Is it? most? Uh, I know many of the early titles started out as choice of whatever. Choice of games. Let's see what happens when I just Google that. Yep, that is them. Choice of games. See, I remember things. And sometimes they're even relevant. Uh, they've got better names for things now, but a lot of their early games were choice of superheroes, yeah. choice of robots, choice of pirates, etc., etc. Well, they were establishing their brand. Yeah. Which I could see that. Uh, especially with how mobile it is. They, have a, uh, they brought some to Steam, but not a lot. They have a ton, though. Yeah, the, Jesus, they've got a shitload of these. Two, well, four, well, it's easy six, to eight. crank them out. You just really need a writer. I mean, they're an interactive novel. You're still counting. That's impressive. 46, 48, 50, 52, 54, uh, 56, 58, 60, 2, 4, 6, 8, 72, 4, 6, 7, 77. They have 77 oh, games. 78 now. Not oh, 79. I, all of them I have yeah, ever played not, are high, yeah, of high quality. Yeah, like, at, at worst, they've been all right. Yeah. But they're so. also not entirely long. They're more of a branching path. Yeah. I've played maybe 10 of these. I've only played a couple so. of them. Yeah, a lot of them are free on mobile, yeah. and they just have ad breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but as far as I know, you can buy all of them on mobile, and then you don't have to deal with that. And yeah, they're completely offline. Occasionally, some of them have, have are like multi-parts. Um, they've got one that's called... Or they've got a trilogy that's called Heroes yeah, Rise. Yeah, that's the one I played on Steam, that the first, ha- uh, the first uh, uh, third of it. Yeah. Um, and in Heroes Rise, you create a character in the first one, and then you carry over your save game through each one, and you like email yourself your save game, and then it picks it up from mm-hmm. there. So if you don't have access to the internet, you couldn't continue your character. Just with that attitude. But I mean, it 
it takes hours to play through these games. Several hours, so. Ooh, this one looks good. Grand Academy for Future Villains. <laughs> yes, please. There's some new sci-fi stuff. I'm going to have to peruse some of these. Yeah, I have one uh, on my phone that I haven't uh, read through yet. It's uh, a Broadway one in the late 19th century. Yeah. It, it looked interesting. But yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, the idea of buying some of these is, you know, because everything has been so bite-sized. That and also, I don't really put money into the <laughs> into the Google Play. It's uh, the surveys, so they can fill out the uh, information that they're missing on me. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. So, uh, quick break before we dive into this allergy season. My excuse. Moving on to our final news story of the week. Total Biscuit announces his retirement due to health issues. So this popped up yesterday. Yeah, uh, right um, when we were starting to record Divinity. Yeah, so uh, in case you are unaware, um, Total Biscuit, uh, a.k.a. or his real name. John Bain. John Bain uh, has had cancer for... Four years. Several uh, no, years this, now. This uh, actually came out... Uh, close to the fourth anniversary of him uh, disclosing that he had colon cancer. Yes, but what I was saying was, in, in case you were unaware, he has had cancer for several years Well, well now. I was just giving a time frame. Um, right. And they thought that he had beat it once or twice, but it kept returning and popping up in other places in his body. And they recently discovered that it has spread, and he's basically at the point of no return. Uh, he is currently, or he, the cancer that he has is currently immune to normal methods of treatment, chemotherapy, radiation treatment, and he was trying to get into a couple of clinical trials, but he discovered that his liver, uh, did not have enough function left to qualify him for the trial that he was looking at. I have no idea which one that was or, you know, why, but in a, a sort of press release or statement that he made, um, he said that he didn't qualify because uh, his liver ha was too damaged at this point. Um, so he's still looking for any clinical trials that will accept him. But basically, uh, he's saying that he's stepping down from pretty much everything. He's going to do still... Uh, because he wants oh, to... Oh, sorry. I was going to say he's uh, still planning on doing some gameplay stuff, but... He's more retiring as a game critic, and he's going right. to continue the podcast on a more streamlined schedule. Yeah, they're going to be dropping it down to two hours per episode instead of three. Um, and his wife, uh, Jenna, is going to be sort of a backup in case he's having a, a bad day and can't actually appear on the show. She's going to stand in for him uh, and don't know... I can't remember if he said that was going to become permanent in the future or if the show was going to continue with Jesse and Dodger and however they wanted to take the format. Um, the link in the show notes is going to go to the uh, this, uh, official... Yeah, this is the Cynical Brit official copy of it. This uh, uh, statement appeared on a lot of different uh, gaming-related subreddits in the last uh, 24 hours. But this seemed like the more fitting one to uh, put on you know, to the official subreddit. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Rage and I talked briefly yesterday. Like we said, this came out just before we recorded our our Divinity episodes for the week. Um, and we talked about putting it up and giving people time to send something in. But given how pertinent this news is and how potentially emotionally charged it can be for people, we decided to talk about it today and then leave room for anyone who wanted to submit anything to us uh, to talk about it. Yeah, which... that, And then we can talk about it again next week yeah, which, uh, uh, and, and address it further. Yeah, which TB is a, definitely a controversial... Uh, content creator as well just because of his attitude that he had on social media he, he was yeah uh, one, he, putting him in the same category as phil fish is probably a little disingenuous but he's someone that shouldn't have uh, really interacted directly with people uh for quite a while he had a lot of stress issues and he let that show too much on social media and snapped at people he uh, actually snapped at his wife uh shortly after the u.s election because she voted for trump and he went on a tirade yeah i remember that and he's left social media a couple of times he had a social Mm -hmm. media manager for a while but then he would come back um mostly now he just posts things about dogs yeah which is probably Uh, for the best cute dog pictures and gifts yeah and i know tb's been in therapy he's openly talked about being in therapy for a long time um, which t- which does take a even... fair amount of bravery, considering how therapy is viewed in the United States. Yeah. Um, Not to uh, yeah take a slight at your profession, of course. No, tr- I get it. Trust me, I get it. It's it's mostly the older generations, but you know, uh, people from your generation and back, the the older people from your generation and then back. Yeah, I was about to say, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, most, uh, yeah, I've heard people uh, say, you're in therapy? What are you, crazy? As not a joke? Yeah. Or what's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, technically, that's so, not inaccurate, but at the same time, insensitive and doesn't really help the issue at all. Yeah. I know, me so, talking about sensitivity. So? So, TB, um, has said, yeah, he's backing away from everything except for the podcast and doing stuff with his wife. Uh, going to be doing some more stuff and pointing people to her YouTube channel. Um, going to be doing some more co-op stuff with her. Uh, and I think he's going to keep streaming, right? Yeah, which... Yeah. At least when he's up to yeah, it. Streaming is a lot less stressful because it's more just gameplay and him talking more stream of consciousness. Because, uh, trust me, there's a lot of thought and uh, preparation that goes into something like he does granted i don't put myself nearly on the level of total biscuit but uh, total biscuit has definitely influenced how i approach games on a critical level yeah same here um i don't always in fact i oftentimes find myself disagreeing with him but i respect his opinions and the points that he makes the one thing that I have always really liked about him and the way he does things is he has a no-nonsense business approach to this sort of thing. And at times I've disagreed with that. Like, this even comes out here where he's like, look, don't donate to me. Don't start any anything for me. Yeah, he links to his if business get- adventures, the Squarespace uh, 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 partnership, uh, his partnership with Chrono GG, which I've actually used a couple of times. 
uh, his uh, what Total Biscuit shop for his merchandise, his shirts, of course, but not wanting to yeah buy his goddamn shirts, yeah. but <laughs> but no uh, direct donations. And as a matter of fact, he's uh, uh, he shut down his uh, a method to actually get uh, send him stuff because uh, game uh, publishers were sending him stuff, and he was feeling that it was uh, a potential uh, conflict of interest. With the fact that yeah. he did that, is uh, gains a lot of respect from me because I, I watch. Okay, this is probably throwing Boogie under the bus, but seeing Boogie talk about a game after. He does an unboxing of all the merchandise he gets from that uh, publisher. Kind of taints that, uh, you know, the view because there is a definite conflict there. Granted, I'm not saying that they're buying Boogie. But the fact that there's so much merchandise thrown at these critics, these reviewers, which I, uh, which yeah. I don't really call a lot of people critics in the gaming industry because they don't really look at the games like that. Yeah, there's a few, and TB was definitely at the head of that. Um, but because there's so much merchandise and so much, yeah, association between the critical side of things and the development side of things, that it's tough to see where they're separated and where there's no conflicts. And seeing Total Biscuit, yeah. uh, you know, take a very almost clinical approach. To how he runs his business, or ran his business, I guess, which hurts to say that in the past tense now, was refreshing and earned a lot of respect from me. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've been following TB for since 2014, 2015 on YouTube. Yeah, let's put it this way. Um, when I first started following him, he was covering uh, World of Warcraft Cataclysm alpha coverage. And then he uh, progressed into more general World of Warcraft stuff. He then moved on <laughs> once he started to get sick of how Blizzard was running things, which, to be honest, can't blame him there. He moved yeah. on to a general gaming news channel and then went into Critique. And more general, uh, mostly indie and double A stuff with occasional triple A stuff. Can you see when you subscribe to a channel? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm able to get a rough uh, time frame just because, you know, the uh, alpha stuff. Yeah. I honestly can't. It's been years. Um, but I can't remember exactly when, but it's been at least three years. It may be four years that I've been following Total Biscuit. And I've, you know, I've followed his content off and on over the years because, you know, there's certain games that he, you know, is interested that I'm not interested in. Or there's certain segments or shows that he's done that I've not really cared about. But, yeah, let's, you know, I've been subbed to his channel for a long time. Yeah, let's put it this way. Cataclysm was uh, December 2010. So that probably puts me in early 2010 for him. So yeah, so you've been subscribed for way longer than me, but still, I I mean it's it it makes me very sad. Like I read through this yesterday, and I got to the end where he's talking about you know what's going to happen when he's gone, and uh, I got a little teary eyed. Um, you know I, I've never spoken to him, I've never met him or anything, but, but you respect him. You know he's had a I respect him, and he's had a big influence on the way that I play games and 
think about games critically. Um, and the fact that he's been a consumer advocate in an industry where there's been so much trying to fuck over the consumer. Yeah. And you don't sadly see a lot of them. I mean, the biggest one now would probably be Jim Sterling. Yeah. Which, uh, let's be honest. Jim Sterling, he is also a big name, but he doesn't carry the respect nearly as much because he tends to go a little crazy. Uh, yeah, mixing in the wrestling see. stuff, for example, you know? Well, <laughs> to be fair, TB also really loved wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. but he never, but he never went on non sequitur in the middle of his WTF is to talk about his wrestling character. Yeah, that's true. So TB currently has 2.3 million subscribers on YouTube, while Jim Sterling has got about 650,000. Well, Jim Sterling's just the one I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure that there's probably someone bigger that I'm not familiar with. I mean, and the same type of critic. You know, like Jim and not Sterling just British, was by the my way. second. <laughs> Maybe Angry Joe. But, Angry Joe still does more reviews, but in the last couple of years, he's done a lot. Yeah, more but he tends to also get critique. Uh, I, I I hate to say that passion for a game is a downside, but he, it tends to blind you to certain aspects. Granted, TB did get that as uh, well at times. I mean, just watch his uh, uh, Space Marine episode where you know he, he's just giddy. Which, for, to be fair, that uh, the very beginning of that game is also a hell of a lot of fun. But there's, yeah, there has to be some sort of slight detachment in looking at it as parts of a game. Looking at uh, games as not just a pastime, but as almost an art, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be you know completely clinical you don't have to be completely detached but the, i think the problem i've had with a lot of reviewers is that while they'll put their own slant on it they'll also add a lot of bullshit talking about the politics of far cry 5 for example you know that's just the biggest one that i can think of just off the top of my head I guess it depends on how you approach that. Although I feel for fall, if, ugh, feel for Far Cry Five, that that was more relevant. But I mean, you know, yeah. But also talking could... about how it didn't get in more into the political aspect and docking points for it. How it's more of a setting, which Far Cry has always been a setting. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's just different styles, and I like the style that Total Biscuit gave. Yeah. Yeah, I did like Total Biscuits review style. I also like he's one of the only reviewers that I've seen that goes into technical aspects of stuff, which I like. I like uh, getting into the, the, the field of view. I, I want a game to play with. Well. I've actually started uh, look a lot more for field of view and uh, certain games. <laughs> I do that as well, and paying a lot more attention to options. And whenever uh, they're not apparent, I will point them out. Yeah, I do think Total Biscuit. Uh, uh, especially with the announcement of his retirement, is going to see a lot of imitator. Imita imitators is probably a poor choice of word, but yeah, people trying to go more towards his style, and some of them will succeed. Well, I mean, there there have always been people that have attempted to do. I mean, I don't know of any off the top of my head, just because I've never really 
looked for other ones other than TB, but he's mentioned before on things that people have tried to copy his style. Mm-hmm. Um, although I suppose, you know, that they might be that the really shitty ones would be doing things to try and maybe make themselves closer to TB or make themselves appear closer to try and get some of his audience that will be looking for new people to replace him, which sounds morbid yeah. and maybe a little bit it is, but yeah, but you know, the, if you lose, yeah, lo- that's just yeah, life. Losing a critic, you need to find something to fill the place. I mean, I do have other game channels that I follow for this you know, style of review, but yeah, none of them really filled uh, the niche that TB did, mostly because he also would go into a lot more obscure titles and look at things that aren't as mainstream. Uh, he yeah. tried to, uh, you know, use his channel to signal boost uh, very underperforming games that uh, uh, were, uh, in uh, some cases, uh, killing a developer that he uh, uh, liked. Granted, he didn't give them a glowing review just for you know, the sake of it. He would look at them because they uh, weren't uh, being played. But he's also come out in the last several months decrying uh, Steam Direct because it's just flooding the market and making that type of job a lot more difficult. So maybe that's also playing into it a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that he's using this as a crutch to you know, retire, but you know, he is... It's a lot tougher to do his job now. Yeah. Just on the face of it, before you even get into his illness. And the fact that he's had a severe back pain because of uh, his cancer uh, returning and cause and putting pressure on his spine. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to enjoy what time he has left. Yeah. I just hope he, and... I hope he doesn't push himself to try to, uh, remain a presence online at the detriment to his health. Yeah. I mean, whenever you put out a poll uh, about the uh, co-optional, I said that while I would prefer the three-hour show, it was some random bullshit because it's not like we uh, have random bullshit here, right? Yeah, it's not like we sort of based our show around another popular show or anything. Uh, I said that I don't uh, put a strain on your health because of it. Do what is more comfortable to you, essentially. And that's what I hope that he uh, keeps up. Yeah. I mean, hey, for the longest time on the co-optional podcast, whenever he's done uh, uh, you know, the live broadcast and then putting on his channel, uh, uh, he started to develop a rash because of the chemotherapy, and he just started replacing his picture with a static picture of a random dog. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch it on the YouTube channel, but, it, you know, they talk about it a lot of times. Uh, occasionally, so. I'll pop over to see what game they're talking about because they'll have a tag on it for the current game. Yeah. And, or sometimes I have gameplay. But, uh, it's just heartbreaking to see someone that's been so upstanding for the uh, consumer uh, going away like this. And a lot of the flack that he's gotten, 
at least recently, if it hasn't been from his social media faux pas, would that be a proper term? Yeah, I think so. It's a good word too, faux pas. Uh, it's been over his Gamergate con- uh, content where he did a roundtable with uh, a- a- industry journalists and trying to discuss the ethics of covering video games while uh, yeah, dealing with the developers and the publishers. I mean, he uh, tried to stick with what it was before ethics in games journalism became a running joke. Yeah. And got a lot of hate for it. And seeing people, uh, thankfully, on the one that I'm linking to, doesn't have a lot of uh, dis- deleted threads, I think. I mean, it, you have to go down pretty far. There's over 2,000 comments on this. <laughs> Uh, there were people abs- actually happy about this. What, that he was dying? Yeah. Well, of course they were, because there are... Assholes. Assholes, yeah. There are very, very few people that you should be happy when they die. And you have to be, like, Hitler level... <laughs> ...to be happy when someone dies. But are we talking about Hitler dying or being like Hitler to be happy someone dies? Like someone needs to be like Hitler level for you to be happy that All they right. die. Um, either that or have like a very personal connection. Like it's okay if you're happy if your abusive parent dies and you never like were able to or wanted to reconcile like. But that's, you know, very personal. Just like a figure that these people have no real connection mm-hmm. to. They have to be like Hitler level for you to be happy that they die. And I would say that all of those people that are happy that TB is dying have no connection to him whatsoever. Aside from, you know, they have watched him and they disagree with some of his stuff. Or what he said one time. Or took something too far. Or he but, went on a rant in social media. And his apology wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, so, if if you, dear listener, have it, you want to share uh, a memory or, I don't know, if you ever met TB at a convention or something or talked to him once on social media and you'd like to talk about that or if you have feelings about this one way or the other, um, feel free to send them yeah. to us and we'll... We'll play them, and we can talk about them, or if you'd like us to just not talk about it and just respect whatever you have to say, just, you know, make a little note in there, and we'll just say, hey, so-and-so sent us this, and they just asked that we play it and not really talk about it, and we can do that. We will respect your wishes in this matter, and if you don't have anything to say, if you feel like we've covered it well enough, then that's cool, too, but, I mean, this is big news, and... As one of, if not the biggest, like game critic and pundit out there, I assume that most of you listeners have some sort of knowledge, potentially connection to him. Yeah, I'm just wanting to see if he ranks on the uh, top like 100 on largest YouTube channels. Uh, I don't see him on the list. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. He would have to be over 16 million right now. So, so yeah. 
YouTube is uh, very popular, but then again, yeah, a lot of these are uh, particular celebrities. Justin Bieber has 13 million, or sorry, 38 million uh, subscribers. Hey, that's a lot. Uh, hey, we could uh, uh, channel Biff. Uh, Taylor Swift has, tw- has 29 million. That also is a lot. Alrighty. Well, I think it's time that we move yeah, on. And we should from probably say BGL podcast uh, at email uh, at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. To send in your letters, voice, or text. Or a BGL podcast on the Twitter. Indeed. So moving on from that, let's head on over to our community corner where we had a couple of emails yeah, this so week. Are we going to pick on Kyle? Some tweets. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's lighten Kyle. the mood a little bit. Kyle sent in, uh, I got drunk and recorded an alternate intro to the show. Cheers, mate. And we'll, we would play it right now, but... Uh... He did not attach it to his email. <laughs> and we could have emailed him or texted him. I have his phone number or called him and asked for it. But we decided not yeah, to. It... One, because we didn't notice it until today. And two, because this is more fun. Exactly. We love you, Kyle. But that means we're going to pick on you. Because that's how we so, show our so life. So he was in uh, you know, that perfect area of drunk where he was drunk enough to think something was a good idea, but too drunk to actually fully commit to it. <clears throat> yeah. Gotta commit to the bit, man. Commit to the bit. Maybe Crash just uh, deleted it. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe Crash was embarrassed. I don't know if Crash has has shame or not. Well, um, he's a figment of Kyle's imagination, so probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> Our next email came from Dossel Fossil. Yeah, Dossel and this Fossil. was... Al- I still love saying yeah, that. And this is also a very short one, and also a little bit of a somber one as well. Is Akinesis uh, still doing podcasts? Well, uh, Aki has been having health issues as well. And he's been posting that on Twitter, so I don't feel too bad about uh, saying uh, yo, that he's also been dealing with cancer. Yes, but... But he, has, he hasn't updated a lot, but he has said that he, they did get it, so... Uh, I'm hoping after everything everything uh, turns out alright with Aki. I would love to see him uh, continue and see uh, the Pro Game podcast continue. And we will uh, forward this message to him. Yeah, I hope so too. And we should see, once he's a little bit more on his feet we should see about uh, getting him back yeah. on the show because he came on once yeah for a segment good old lackey yeah, bonk him on the head drag him back on yeah for a segment that lasted like two and a half hours <laughs> yeah and their podcast uh program podcast uh they moved on from just a Kerbal space program to a more general space and science gaming and uh news and uh movies and that sort of thing but to be perfectly honest i mostly listen to the gaming portion <laughs> Yeah. I wonder if, if he's played Battletech. <laughs> I'm going to send him a tweet right now. Aki, have you played Are you trying to get him on for the, uh, the Game Club episode? Tech. Maybe. <laughs> oh, like the Game Club episode isn't going to be six hours already. Yeah, You know, actually at one point when we were uh, doing the stream night and had a uh, long segment of uh, Tabletop Simulator... I actually looked at Battletech as a possibility. No joke. Nice. I'm sure that uh, there's no, it, a... It's possible. It's just uh, cumbersome. Oh, I'm sure it would be. Battletech 
unless you play like a stripped out version of the game, it has got a lot of crap going on it. Uh, that's why I ruled it out, but I was looking at the possibility of playing it. I'm going to go look right now, just out of curiosity. Oh, it's definitely there, or at least it was. Um. Anyway, so yes, Docile Fossil, yeah. that is the answer to yeah, your question. Yeah, he is in recovery, and he has talked about returning, but no time frame that I've seen. And he hasn't tweeted in quite a while, so I'm assuming that he's mostly in recovery and just uh, spending time with his family. But get well soon, Aki. Indeed, sir. Indeed. And we also have a couple of tweets. I did cut your tweets out of this. But Kyle said, here is a dumb question that's been bugging me uh, since I played this stupid game in the Surge. You get a mech rig installed over your clothes at the beginning of the game. Are rig users doomed to a uh, life of never changing clothes? Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember this tweet. I don't remember what I well, said. Well, I cut it out, but uh, you were pretty much uh, wondering that as well. And Kyle continues on, right? Other workers that have the same gym suit on. I guess in, uh, in the alternate world, uh, I guess the alternative would have you been your character being nude, fighting nude enemies. Nude field rig combat aside, I wonder if Deck 13 has an answer to the clothing conundrum that the Riggs propose. Uh, doesn't StarCraft, uh, in the opening of StarCraft 2, the character gets his Space Marine armor put on over a prison jumpsuit? Uh, I don't remember that. He but does. I do remember from StarCraft lore that a lot of times the Space Marines are just taken straight from prison camps and that's a way for them to like redeem themselves. I believe that the armor cannot be removed once it's put on. Uh, without, uh, without sure permission because it's pretty much welded to you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he at least had pants on. Yeah. I think the rigs in the surge are meant to be removed um, and you get like the access points installed on your body and then the rig can be taken off like at the end of your shift and then you could change clothes mm-hmm. or whatever. But uh, go um, to the your bathroom occasionally. Like, when he... <laughs> yeah, but your character, when he gets his put on, like the machine malfunctions or something. And so instead of like going through the proper procedure, it just like shoves it all up in him without his permission. And it didn't seem like he did, was very into it. at least lube him? Def no, I mean a little bit when his blood came out. I don't think blood is supposed to be used as a lubricant. No, but it was in that situation. Uh anyway, another tweet from Ghost Shark. BattleTech, BattleTech. That's the stuff that's kind of like Voltron minus the cat thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think that tweet had like smiley faces yeah. or something in it. Yeah, right? winky smiley yeah. face. Uh. And yeah. I said, no, that's Power Rangers, depending on the season. That is a true statement, <laughs> actually. Well done. And let's see, Kyle wants more VGL community, which whenever he has that phrase, you know shit's about to go down. Uh-huh. I would like several opinions on the following. Mel's is hesitant to let me keep my pet naming privileges after watching me name Fowl and Stardew Valley. 
names I give birds were Splart, Critchflop, Splooshlet, Looplet, <laughs> and Qua- I'm just butchering these, but Quasilada. Uh, and he wants to know if he should uh, keep his privileges. Um, yes, with an exception clause to he does not get to name any children you might have. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, the birth certificate would be interesting. Huh, I didn't know that uh, 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 the character Pi could be used in a name. Having had a kid uh, and have firsthand knowledge to this, the little thing that they give you for his birth or for your child's birth certificate where you put their name on it and fill it out has room or has places for special characters. Uh-oh. You should not have told Kyle this. He's going to spend years researching this now. And while uh, while Mel's is on uh, you know, uh, the happy drugs, <laughs> he's going to have free reign and time to prepare. This is a bad idea. Yep, they bring that birth certificate form for you to fill out pretty quickly, too. It was within like five or six hours after King was born that we had the certificate to fill out his name. Or the form to fill out his name for the birth certificate. So the drugs last that long that you got away with King? No, we had decided that beforehand. I traded a lot of future favors to <laughs> have my son be named King Arthur, but it was worth it. Totally oh, worth wow. it. Anyways, I probably don't want to know what, uh, is... what would have happened if you had a daughter. Uh, I don't know. My, I mean, we fit... We found out that we were having a a son, so that's when we really seriously talked about names. But I I would have pushed for Guinevere, but Katie didn't like that. Well, it shortens, so, it shortens to Gwen. It does. But anyways, do we have more tweets? So that is that it. it. So if you wish to contribute, uh, once again, vglpodcast.gmail.com. Or video podcast on the Twitter. Indeed. So. I'm feeling good for a discovery cube. What about you? Me too. So, theme music? Yep. Doobly doo for the discovery cube. Which I'm pulling mine up right now. Uh, well, I got one pretty much instantly once again. What'd you get? Discreta 5 Complete. JRPG. I'm assuming. I mean, it has the characters as well. Uh, uh, a strategy RPG that offers hundreds of hours of over-the-top award-winning uh, winning gameplay. Oh, Disgaea. Yeah. So, I didn't know it was on. But there you go. Uh, I've vaguely heard of this series. I... Pretty sure this has been console exclusive for quite a while. Honestly, I have no idea. I've heard of the game before. I've seen obviously there's been at least five of them, of the older ones. Yeah, unless they have the Microsoft uh, train of thought for uh, numbering, but yeah, you know, looks like it's more uh, a tactical RPG, you know, like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics esque, just based on you know uh, the uh, screenshots. Not a lot to talk about there, but yeah, there you go. 
Yep. Anything for you? I've gone through so far. Okay, no. well, I got another one instantly. This is number two on my list. All right. Well, I'm on number five now. Ghost Control Inc. Ghostbusters, a management Ghostbuster game. Okay. Where, Sounds interesting. Where it's a business management Ghostbuster game with some tactical uh, uh, combat as well to capture ghosts. I'm sold. <laughs> All right. Here's one. Looks like, uh, well, the developer has a, a little bit of a check in history, but it doesn't look too bad, at least on the uh, cover. And the fact that, you know, one of the f uh, first things they show is a hearse style uh, uh, vehicle, and, you know, that's definitely, it looks to be a proton pack. <laughs> I'm sold. I do like my Ghostbusters. All right. You're up. So I've got one. This one is called City State. Uh, looks like a inspired by SimCity 2000 city builder that also throws in some government management aspects to it. Um, Alright. Says that there's political issues and sides to come down to. You have to deal with border control and immigration. Actually, I don't... Different... I don't have a problem with that. You don't see a lot of the, uh, you know, the po uh, political side of these city builders. Yeah, and it has twenty-five forms of government. Yeah, it has says. some mi really mixed reviews though. So it's interesting <laughs> yeah. though. I'm skipping over a couple that are kind of meh. Okay, okay, this could be interesting. Granted, well, I, when I first read the title, it was a little odd, but. Uh, I think I see it now. Iron Tides. Rogue Light Viking Simulator. Yes, please. <laughs> I've heard of that. Somewhere. Uh, it's an early access title. Well, it's on your wish list, so you've heard of it somewhere, definitely. I think I heard it, must have heard of it on one of the gaming podcasts I listened to, and I went and found it and added it to my list. Yeah, light light tactics game uh, with some roguelite elements. Looks like it's not just ship to ship combat though, but also uh, some uh, uh, land side combat as well. Not uh, yo hugely gra graphics intensive. It's very simplistic, but it definitely could work if done right. Yeah. So I've got another one. Uh, Spy party. Oh yeah, Spy I've seen party that. looks. Kind of like the ship in the aspect of you know, that's your actually been trying in, to blend in. And that, that's been stuff. a long time of development. It's a one v one the ship essentially. Yeah, one person is the spy trying to blend in and do stuff, and the other person is a a counter uh, spy that's uh, got a sniper rifle and one bullet, and you have to figure out who the spy is and kill him. Yeah. I'm yeah, I've watched a little bit of streaming on this. It's definitely a, a yeah friendly to streaming, where you have various missions as the spy and you have to carry them out. But some of them have very obvious tells, so you're having to watch where the spy is looking because you you could see the laser. Uh, it's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, granted, I'm not sure if it has a lot of legs for general play. But here is another tactics RPG. Fail seal arbitrator's mat mark. There only said mask, but it's mark. Uh, looks very CRPG esque. Uh, what's again? Uh, 
a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics mixed in. Uh, it's not releasing until next okay. year, though. But let's put it this way. Similar to the games you played, uh, Xenonauts. Xenonauts. Yay. Yeah, definitely a very interesting looking title. I've got another one. Overcrowd. What's the title? Full title? A Commutum Up. This is a possible strategy game where you're designing a uh like a subway station or a train station um and it looks like you're having to just solve all of the problems um to so get essentially all a, of the people through in town a sub- so it's more of a pu- well i was i was going to say a uh, subway uh station designer it's a uh, a city builder for a subway station a yeah. sort of multi-coon esque yeah interesting or uh, uh, there's been a lot of these very small tycoon-esque games where they're based around a very narrow field. Uh, especially uh, airports have been a popular one lately, which is the same general yeah. idea: moving people through your area as efficiently as possible while still maintaining security or you know feeding them or doing whatever, making them happy. It, it's, it's the same general idea here. It works out fairly well. Uh, usually, or it's very interesting. It looks like this is a very flexible uh, uh, game, though, just based on some of the screenshots. It's not releasing until later this year, though. But I got uh, one more. And then that's the end of my queue. Uh, Cliff Empire. A nuclear war uh, uh, life on the surface became impossible. After nuclear war, surface life has become impossible. A 300 meter thick radioactive fog covered the Earth. We're looking for bold, active people to manage and process restoring life on Earth. So this is underground city builder. It has a very interesting art style, doesn't it? Very clinical, very clean. There's a lot of whites whites and grays in it. Well, it doesn't look like it's underground. It look okay. It's cl- oh, cliffside. So, yeah, cliff empire. It's mountain top. Interesting. Looks like it's fairly high, highly rated, related to banished in the guild. So, makes me wonder how, just how micromanaging and how individual the uh, individual units are. You know, if, if it's more of a smaller uh, population. Interesting. So I got an, another yeah. one. Oh, did you do a healer's? Did you do a second queue? No, I'm still oh, in my first queue. I have one game left after this. I haven't checked it out. Uh, so this is Healer's Quest. It is a com. It's it says it's a comedy RPG where you play as the oh, healer, I've seen this the pop most up. underappreciated class. And it looks like you don't control anyone except for the healer, but. Yeah, as per usual, your teammates are a band of inept jerks. <laughs> this sounds fun and funny. Because I like to play a support class. So, uh, I have been the healer, the underappreciated healer, many times. So, I could handle a game about that. And my last game is a big yes for me. Jurassic World Evolution. Oh, you actually got that. I mean, there's nothing... Yeah, uh, shame. I mean, there's uh, nothing the, like the fail state is the more interesting part of that, really. <laughs> yeah, 
No, no, no. I you're, mean, supposed to, you're not supposed to let the raptors out. But it's fun to watch everybody run around. Oops. Yeah. This is another one that as long as it's not full of garbage bullshit and reviews well, I might pick up brand new this year. Hard to say. Hard to say. It's not as on point for me as Battletech, but it's being developed by Frontier Developments, the same people who make Elite Dangerous, um, and they have done really good things with that game, and it's looks like they're the ones who's publishing it as well. So as long as their contract doesn't stipulate microtransaction bullshit, which isn't in any of their other games, um, I am more likely to pick this up new as opposed to waiting or never buying it at all. But I'm definitely looking forward to this game, and hopefully it pans out well. Because like I've said before, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which was the original Xbox, PlayStation 2, and a very old PC release of the same idea, was a blast to play. And I've played it a ton. So, hopefully it's good. But that is my cue. Uh, I had a very unusual good queue with five games from a single queue yeah, for I me. Yeah, I skipped a few myself because there was some that were actually very good, but there was a couple re-releases of very old stuff that, you know, whenever they're on Steam, they're a little dodgy. Yeah. So I skipped them. But that Ghost Control actually looks very interesting. Assuming that it plays alright. Yep. Uh, Ghostbusters Management. That's actually something I haven't dis- uh, didn't know I wanted. Well, you do now. Um, but that is all for our discovery queue for this week, which means it's time for the portion of the podcast where I go first, and this is going to be super easy. I played Battletech a lot last and forgo- week and didn't do yeah, anything. We're gone all your obligations nearly. All, all of them, all the fucking obligations. So maybe I'll get back on track this week, or maybe I'll just play Battletech every free moment. I definitely will do a better job with the podcast and won't do a bad with the podcast this week. But, uh, yeah. I'd like to record something for Battletech, but it's so GPU heavy. I don't... I could give it a well, shot. There's a I lot don't of, know how well it would there, record, There's a lot though. of stutter in it. Yeah, just naturally. Um, it's got the XCOM problem of, oh, the camera angle's changing, and even if you turn all that stuff down to minimum... It still happens frequently enough that it could cause issues with Yeah, there's been so. a couple of times that... Right, here, let's give the action shot of this boulder. <laughs> this These blades of grass, so all you can see is the outline of your mech. But you could hear the explosions. Yeah. But uh, if you want to go to my YouTube channel and see if there are new things there this week... You can some do so miracle. By searching for, for by searching for Gaming Psychologist on the YouTubes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all sorts of random things, you can do so at JMA4707 <clears> on Twitter. If you want to watch me maybe stream games on Twitch, but definitely post games <laughs> for the stream premiere system, you can do so over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. If you want to be my friend on Steam and come chat with me about all kinds of things, you can send me a friend request at jarthur4707 on Steam. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password this week is twerp. Twerp? Yep. Twerp. Good. That's good. I, I thought we needed like a that. more lighthearted word this week. Fair play. What about you, buddy? Oh, uh, well, for me, I 
didn't forego all my obligations, so things are actually running normally. Uh, SteamWorld Dig is moving along. Things get a little weird this week, though, in it. You know, I think I'm hitting the twist. Uh, the I think it was the last episode or the upcoming episode, because I'm uh, recorded a little bit ahead, naturally. You know, in case, you know, my uh, attention gets diverted somewhere, I have backup episodes all set up and ready to go, unlike some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't care. You probably Battletech. <laughs> Battletech. There is nothing. There is only Battletech. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I was getting funneled down into what looked to be a point of no return, so we'll see how that goes, but thing is, I already know how that goes, and shit gets weird. Uh, RimWorld defenses are being put to the test by a poison ship. And people get shot. Uh, there's a lot of death. A lot of bad timing. Yeah, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, normal for RimWorld. And Divinity, I'm still posting my content on it, at least. <laughs> uh, but... I think we're getting to the end of the game, so we're going to have to have a little powwow to figure out what's next, because we have a few options we've talked about, but, yeah, we it's been a while since we talked about them, and the summer sale is coming up. Yeah. And plus, Stardew Valley just released its multiplayer. Yeah, I saw that. The, the beta. Uh, isn't it the multiplayer beta? Yeah. So, you know, that's also an option. Yeah, if we want another uh, series to last a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. We we are right there at the end though. I uh, had a peek at the oracle. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. I looked at our quests that we had remaining, and they they pretty much all wrap up in the same place. So he, we're coming up on the end of where we just throw Medora at something, right? Yeah, probably a big dragon. What do you mean probably? It's almost like uh, definitely a, a a big dragon. I mean, they kept saying void yeah. dragon. Now, listen, we got to avoid the dragon. Eh? 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 Is that getting old yet? <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. Uh, but you can catch all that, including the Sunday sampler, which who knows what that will be. And the podcast, of course, on Gaming with Caffeine Rage. Or you can see me tweet. Well, this, uh, I just tweeted out uh, the first debate song by Jonathan Colton. Oh. <laughs> uh, because it is May Day, and you know, it, uh, well, outdoor outdoor fucking starts today. Oh yeah, uh, gaming with a CR, and you probably don't want to uh, follow me now. <laughs> uh, but if you wish to follow the podcast and what we're doing there, once again, you can contact us vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming related topics. Or drunken letters that you forget to attach the uh, attachment to, call, or just tweet them VGL podcast. If you help, wish to help pay for this absolute insanity, you can do so patreon.com slash VGL podcast, which helps pay for our Podbean account, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which has our RSS feed and the show notes, which hopefully will have the timestamps this week, or just find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever Jared has put us in between Battletech loading screens. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our discovery key music is doobly due, both by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incompetech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, 
Bye-bye. Uh, see you next time. But anyways, yeah, so I went to go see Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, on Sunday, and sweet baby Jesus, have I never... It's been a long time since I have seen a movie that has made me feel anxiety while I was watching it, because most movies that you see, you know exactly what's going to happen, or roughly what's going to happen, because movies have become incredibly predictable. You know, there's going to be... Yeah, they have to play it safe because of the budget, right? Yeah, they have to play it safe, and most movies, you know, like, in movies, the hero wins. Mm-hmm. The bad guys lose, um, you know, and there might be, you know, one or two character deaths, or like a couple of unexpected things, but all movies at this point are played safe, and they have to wrap up in a nice little bow. Not Infinity War. The bad guy wins, and literally half of every person in the universe is dead, including, like, seven or eight of Marvel's, like, you know, the main characters from all of these movies they've been doing for the last ten years. Mm-hmm. They're all dead. And, uh... uh... Which ones? I mean, I'm so far behind on the Marvel Universe, it doesn't really matter the spoilers for me. Yeah, there were a couple of characters who didn't show up. Uh, actually, all of the characters from the Ant-Man movie didn't show up, so we don't know about them. But, uh... uh it was a Witch- small part. Scarlet Witch, Vision, Loki, uh, Groot, Drax, uh, Peter Quill, Gamora, um, uh, Black Panther. Who else died? Well, they killed Black Panther right after his movie. Yeah, they he yep they killed him. He's dead. I mean, to be fair, uh, uh, half Hangal's of these characters dead. I don't even know who the hell they are because I'm that far behind on the universe. Spider-Man's dead. Again? Yeah. Did he at least not go out like a punk? Oh, it was real sad. I cried when Spider-Man died. Because, like, in in the Marvel... The Marvel version of Spider-Man is actually played... As a... Like, by a kid. As a kid. Because, you know, from the 2000 Spider-Man movies, like... Even though he was supposed to be a high school kid... Mm -hmm. Uh, Tobey Maguire was much older and you could tell that Spider-Man was much older but the the kid who plays Spider-Man now is like 19 so he looks like a kid and he's got this really odd father-son relationship with Tony mm-hmm. uh, and whenever he dies he's like dying in Tony's, Tony's arms and he's like I feel weird I don't I don't want to I don't want to die I, I'm sorry Please don't, please don't let me die. But it's like there's nothing that they yeah. can do because Thanos has killed them all with the Infinity Gauntlet. And like he's crying and Tony's crying and like I'm sitting there in the theater like crying and Katie and I are both like holding each other's hands really tightly. And like the whole movie, I was my anxiety kept rising because comic books aren't afraid to kill people. Yeah. And yes, you can like revive characters or get new versions of characters in comic books like that's been done a million times before and honestly i'm pretty positive that it's going to happen here but still like the fact that yeah but i hope they don't cheese it you know yeah 
But like the thing is, is it's like I didn't know. Like I expected there to be a a character death or two, but in the first five minutes of the movie, Loki gets his neck broken. Um, and well, Heimdall. Oh, well, he survived the Hulk uh, smashing him. <laughs> so how did that work? Yeah, I mean Thanos just like snaps his neck like it's a twig. Thanos beats the shit out of the Hulk in the first 30 seconds of the movie. Damn. Like, just obliterates him. And for the rest of the movie, like, the Hulk is now scared. Because he's never been beaten before. (laughs) And he doesn't want to come out and fight. And he keeps having, like, these arguments with Bruce Banner. Bruce is like, come on, buddy, I need you. And Hulk's like, no, I'm scared. But it does lead to some cool scenes where that Bruce is fighting in the Hulkbuster armor. Huh. But... Oh, like, that's right, because uh, Tony uh, oh, uh, solved the whole problem with the reactor, right? Yeah. And all the oh, suits have the reactors now instead of him powering everything with his chest. Yeah. And and that, I forgot Doctor Strange. He died, too. Oh, does that mean uh, we're going to get more episodes of Sherlock now? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Actually, actually, after the last season, I'm not sure if I want more Sherlock. But it just... I, because it it was this weird, like both terrible and perfect sort of ending to the first chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What I think that they're going to do, because this is like part one, there's two parts to this Infinity War thing, Mm -hmm. although the second one's not going to be called like Infinity War part two. It's got a different like subtitle. But what I think that they're going to do is because like, I mean, this is the 10th year of the Marvel franchise, and I think they're going to use this as an opportunity to get new actors for a lot of the aged characters. Because, I mean, you, you got to think like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Um, and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's going to be hard and, to uh, replace Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Tony Stark in Iron Man because uh, he's really uh, reinvented that character. Yeah. Well, I mean, the comic versions of Uh, 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 those main characters uh, uh, now reflect the movie versions. Yeah, they changed it to reflect him because he uh, became such an icon with it. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that's what they're going to do, is they're going to use this as an opportunity to kill off those characters and then bring out the next versions of them. Because in the comic books, like, there's been a bunch of different Captain Americas. Technically, Steve Rogers is, like, the Captain America, but there have been a bunch of people who have picked up the Captain America, like, banner, and so I assume they're going to replace him with someone else now. Well, they could um, also... I'm not sure if it was comic book canon, but uh, uh, this ought to show my age. Back in the uh, Spider-Man animated series, they had the Six Forgotten Warriors, which were essentially a subgroup under Captain America that that took a flawed uh, version of the super soldier serum that they were trying to recreate after uh, the original was destroyed. And they each had uh, essentially a a superpower of some sort, but not as strong as Captain America. Yeah, that's actually already been done, sort of. They rolled that into the Civil War timeline. Uh, there were six agents who yeah. took the super soldier serum, but instead in that version, like they tweaked it a little bit and they kind of went crazy. And so they wind up like having to be killed. Yeah. These didn't go crazy. They, uh, uh, but they had a limited amount of power that they had. And over time it was slowly fading. They were yeah. able to create rings to essentially turn it on and off to be able to conserve it. But, you know, after all the years, 
uh, the Spider-Man animated series was in modern times, which was the 90s then. So, yeah, uh, World War II to uh, the 90s, they were all very old. Yeah. Uh, so even then, they were uh, very limited on what they could do. But it, it was an interesting uh, twist on it, uh, giving Captain America his own, own team of sort of super soldiers. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a really good movie. Like, like I said, the fact that they didn't pull any punches, they took chances, they really surprised me. Because like I was basically I went to this movie thinking, okay, they're probably gonna kill like Captain America or Tony Stark or you know like something like that. There'll be a massive tragedy. There'll be a big like punching fight, and then they'll defeat Thanos and use the Infinity Stones to bring back Cap and Tony. And maybe they'll, like, use that to replace them with new actors or something. Because both of their contracts run out after Infinity War Part 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there was very little punching. I mean, there was punching and c- kicking. But, like, in all of these superhero movies, they tend to devolve into punching and kicking fights. But no, there are huge battles, like, where that um, Doctor Strange is using his magic powers and... You're seeing Spider-Man do stuff that isn't punching and kicking and, like, all the superheroes working together, like, using their power sets. Thanos uses the Infinity Gauntlet to do some cool stuff. Like, he literally throws a moon at Iron Man. Ow. (laughs) Like, they, they almost beat him. Like, they almost beat Thanos. But then, like, there's something that happens and Thanos, like, is able to come back and he's all pissed off because they nearly beat him. And he's like, oh, this can't happen. I've got all these Infinity Stones, like what the hell and he just like reaches up into the sky and the clouds part and there's a moon up there and he like grabs it with uh, magic energy from the infinity stones and like pulls it towards the planet in my head i'm going he's not gonna throw that moon at them is he <laughs> oh shit he's throwing that moon at them i don't i don't know how tony stark survives but like he comes back and he's like you better watch it if you throw another moon at me i might lose it but it's great movie Although I can't imagine anybody going to see this without having seen at least the bulk of yeah. the Marvel movies. Um, there's yeah, a few that a, you could see. What, skip. about a dozen now? Oh, it's more than that. Well, I'm talking about the just the core ones. I'm, you know, not uh, additional ones. They're all... The only character that doesn't show up is Ant-Man. That's the only movie that you could skip in... Well, I guess you could skip like some of the secondary movies, like... Hmm. You could skip everything pre the first Avengers movie because the first Avengers movie introduces all of your main core cast really well. So you could skip their individual movies. Mm-hmm. Although honestly, those are some of the best ones in the series, aside from yeah, which I watched the and... first Avengers without seeing a couple of the uh, major movies. And uh, well, I didn't see the uh, the first Thor movie until after the first Avengers movie. So the main storyline was a little bit confusing at first yeah because it tied directly into the thor movie i believe or was it the captain america one which i also saw afterwards it was both the tesseract came from the captain america movie and then loki came from the first thor movie all right i couldn't remember uh uh, which was which but um but yeah well well, well, i I couldn't remember if uh, the tesseract was in thor or not i should say because obviously loki is in thor yeah you could skip everything pre the first Avengers movie just because the first Avengers movie does a decent enough job of in- introducing you to those characters. 
Um, you could skip Ant-Man because, like I said, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Hank Pym don't show up at all in Infinity War. Well, maybe they're, they're doing. Maybe they play a bigger part in the second half. Maybe. Honestly, you could sk- skip Black Panther. There's very little of, of his character in this movie. Yeah, so but it also takes out be... takes the punch out of his death. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that takes guts to kill him off immediately after introducing him in his own major movie. Yeah, he he was introduced in Civil War, but he only had a little bit of screen time in that. And then, yeah, his own major movie, it's still in theaters. Black Panther's still in theaters. But yeah, he dies. He's got, I don't know, five minutes of major screen time and then maybe 20 minutes with other characters and in battle scenes. And then he just dies. He's he's just one of the ones that fucking dies at the end of the movie. And the ending. God, the ending. Like, Thanos wins. He kills half of everybody. Then he, like, warps out. He's like, peace, I'm gone. He disappears. And, like, you get five to ten minutes of everyone, like, realizing, like, they Holy lost. Shit, we just lost. And you get like all of these very slow character deaths of everyone as they, cause like whenever they get zapped out of existence by the infinity gauntlet, mm-hmm. um, they like slowly like turn to ash and then blow away in the wind. Well, that explains the meme I've been seeing going around on the Twitter. Um, but, and you get like all of these scenes of everyone like reacting to whoever it is, like cap and, and Bucky, um, like you see Cap's reaction to Bucky dying and he, um, you see, I forget whose reaction it is. You get to see to Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch dying and disappearing. Um, Vision, he got his fucking skull crushed by Thanos. So he was already dead. Uh, they, they could get away with that without it being an R because Vision is a robot. Oh. Um, but yeah, Thanos crushes his skull to get the Infinity Stone out of it because he's he is a sentient being, but he's a robot that's been given uh, sentience by one of the Infinity Stones. Uh, so, in other words, do not build your uh, creation out of an Infinity Stone if you don't want it crushed by an intergalactic being. Got it? Yeah, that's probably probably a pretty good idea. Um, it's like it's like you know putting uh, the Dragon Ball on top of your son's head. Yeah, it likes to make him a target or something. Yeah. Um, but so you get like five to ten minutes of everyone being like, oh shit, we failed and everyone dying. And then it like cuts to Thanos and he's sitting on some planet somewhere just like watching the sunrise and he's like smiling to himself. Like I did it. My, you know, my task is done. Mm -hmm. And like it shows like it very slowly pans over and zooms in on his smiling face. And then it just cuts to black and starts playing like really somber, sad music. And it says Thanos will return. And then the credits roll. Like, very powerful. Like, it was an extremely powerful ending if you're invested in those characters and, you know, have spent 10 years. Because I went to go see the first Iron Man movie in theaters 10 years ago with my girlfriend at the time. And, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I have connected it to various events in my life because there's always an Avengers movie that comes out around my birthday. And so, like, for the last 10 years... I've been going to see Avengers movies with, or yeah, a Marvel movie for like the last 10 years. I've been going to see Marvel movies with, um, my friends and family and stuff. So like, there's some emotional connection there that like helps to build the emotional connection to the characters. And then like the whole movie, like you don't know what's going to happen. 
I mean, obviously you kind of do now if you yeah. haven't, if you've listened to this and you haven't uh, gone to see the movie, but still it was in, it was intense. It was intense. When we got out, Katie was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. She's like, I didn't know I cared this much about these characters <laughs> until just then. But yeah, I think, uh, I think I've ate up most of the time yeah, that I, mean, I would be talking about games by talking about this and it'll, it'll all be post credits of course. But yeah, I did it. I did a thing. Uh, do you think DC is uh, uh, kicking themselves for never really establishing a overarching uh, universe like uh, Marvel has? Because DC yeah. has had uh, pretty good uh, to decent individual movies, but they've never been able to tie together the individual universes into a proper Justice League. Yes, I realize yeah. they did a Justice League movie, or they are. actually never really checked they, up on that. But, they released last year. Okay. It wasn't very good. Uh, I, I couldn't remember if it released or not, because it just didn't make a splash anywhere. Yeah, it had like a really big opening weekend, because, well, big Justice movies like League, that do. You know? And then it just died. And it was it was better than Batman versus Superman, but that that's was a not bar. saying much. Yeah, it was nowhere near as good as Wonder Woman. Honestly, it was it was about on par with Justice or not Justice League. It was about on par with uh, Suicide Squad. Which, considering only thing I really ever heard about Suicide Squad was how terrible the Joker was in it. I kind of liked the Joker from Suicide Squad. I mean, it wasn't Heath Ledger's Joker, but I don't think any Joker ever will be. Yeah, well, uh, the Joker is a very fluid character. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was uh, a image going around. It was the 60th or 70th anniversary of the creation of the Joker. And it showed all the different iterations of the Joker and just how wildly different they were. From Cesar Romero uh, to Heath Ledger to uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, you know, yeah, ju- just the live action ones, but then you get into the animated series and that sort of thing. I mean, it's just amazing how much they could do with a single character and still have it make sense because of how insane he is and how random he is. Yeah. But, so, but maybe that's the problem with the uh, Suicide Squad Joker was that, it, you know, Heath Ledger, uh, not even uh, counting his death or maybe it's uh, adding uh, you know, that impact to it. Uh, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker would have been a hard act to follow without that, you know? Yeah. Because he was able to pull off a very grungy and realistic Joker. Yeah. Which, honestly, I uh, am shocked at how well that uh, worked. Because Joker's always been a larger-than-life character, at least as far as I've considered it. Yeah, I remember when when the Dark Knight came out or was in production, and everyone was like, "Heath Ledger is the Joker? What? That'll never work." And it turns out that has been the definitive version of the Joker, or at, at least, least the live the action. On, one. Yeah, the the on camera definitive version of the Joker. I mean, think about this: uh, Heath Ledger has become the definitive uh, uh, live action, and uh, Mark Hamill is the definitive animated one. <laughs> yeah. Mark Hamill has been in a lot of stuff that I didn't realize that he was in. Yeah, I mean, he has a very well, wide voice acting uh, career. Yeah, he's in... Uh, I I was watching some Transformers with my kid, because that's his favorite thing, and I was like, is that Mark Hamill? <laughs> yeah, he... This is like Transformers from, like, the 90s, and I went and I looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's Mark Hamill. I mean, hell, he, uh, he popped up in Avatar The Last Airbender, that's, and it was one of those things... Is that Mark Hamill? Uh, 
Mark Hamill's like the uh, cartoon uh, uh, Nathan Fil- uh No, not now. I'm blanking on uh, yeah, pr- uh, name a uh, uh, voice actor that pops up in every video game ever. That's AAA. Nolan North. Nolan North. Okay, no- Nolan North. He's uh, the a cartoon Nolan North. <laughs> Yeah, he's got 311 credits on IMDb. That is uh, Mark Hamill. But then again, you know, that, that's more Mark Hamill's a good voice actor and not, you know, Nolan North is, uh, I don't want to say cheap, but, you know, he's well known and that uh, makes it so that AAA studios is like, oh, we need a voice actor that's actually decent. Let's have Nolan North be Nolan North in this uh, game. Yeah. But then again, you know, there's also, you know, uh, Saints Row that makes fun of that. <laughs> Speaking of Mark Hamill, did uh, did you ever get to see Star Wars: The Last Jedi? Uh, not yet. Okay, I've got it on Blu-ray. I'll I'll rip it and make sure and get you a copy. Yarg. Still haven't actually watched Rogue One, but I have a secondary monitor coming in, so yeah, that's gonna make uh, be able to uh, watch things while doing other things a lot easier because right now. Uh, you know, if I'm watching a movie, that takes up my computer and I really can't do anything else. And I like multitasking. Yeah. So uh, that's part of the reason why I don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> so Mark Hamill has, in the last five years, been in Scooby-Doo. Uh, he was in Ben 10, which is a kid, you know, yeah. cartoons. Gravity Falls. Adventure Time. What is this? Tasty Time with Zifrank? Never heard of it. Metalocalypse. Okay. I'm assuming that's Adult Swim. The Garfield Show. Wait, there's another Garfield Show going on? Uh, apparently so. And that's been in the last five years. Beyond that, there are more Scooby-Doo. Uh, I'm skipping lots of things. There's a lot. Of, I'm skipping, obviously, all the Batman stuff. Yeah, because, yeah, we've already covered that. Yeah. He's been... He was on the Cleveland show? Yeah. All right. Yeah, what's the Cleveland show? That was a mistake. The Boondocks? Afro Samurai? You know, you were talking about, uh, you know, the bad guys winning. That's part of the reason why I kind of like anime is that uh, they allow the bad guys to win. Or even have major victories, but, you know, eventually be defeated. One of my... uh, favorite animes and this may be uh, spoiling it a little bit but not quite because it's more of a sub story to a overall uh, it's a uh, i think it's a two season uh, series but this the first half uh, is the end of the first arc uh planetess has the bad guys win at one point i mean a major victory which that's a hard sci-fi uh, anime, you know, realistic sci-fi. Yeah, very good show though. Uh, about well, I've covered it on uh, here before, but for those who haven't heard about it, it's essentially about space garbage men who are trying to clean up uh, Earth's orbits after you know just decades and decades and decades of space junk is collected. Yeah, and it. Uh, one of the major characters uh, uh, is personally affected by uh, Space Junk killing a significant uh, person in their life, for, uh, life, for example. And that's why they're there. There's, It's actually a very touching show uh, about space debris. 
Yeah. All right. I think that's enough stuff that's going to go in post credits. So just to save me from having to do some creative editing or extra recording. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you stuck it out this far. Yeah. And we're sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. All right, buddy. What games have you played this week? We're just going to hard cut. Okay. So noises and slapping. Does that, is that coming through? Yes. Uh, Stop masturbating. Couldn't resist. And here I thought you'd go a little bit slower for me. Oh, by the way, that <laughs> comment about... I don't know why this suddenly made me think of it. That comment about the... Okay, back to spoilers. I'll create <laughs> editing. That comment about you being in like the Infinity Stone or whatever. Well, one of the ways that Thanos has to get an Infinity Stone is he has to kill something that he loves. He has to trade the soul of someone he loves for the Soul Stone, which is... One of the Infinity Gems. And uh, so he are, you sure it's not, are you sure it's not pronounced the Soul Stone? Soul. They play. They have Rubber Band Man is in this in this uh, in this movie. Which, granted, I know that's not like Soul, but like you saying that, just like the rubber, the way the Rubber Band Man opens. <laughs> oh, so much for having the hard edit uh, that. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs>